0: Eight twenty, WWBA. The big eight. Here we go. It's time to talk sports. It's real and it's
1: fantastic.
0: This is the JP Peterson Show. I like your stories and your reporting. Great show. We need uh, people that give it to you straight. Sometimes
2: you
3: got to do what you got to do.
0: That's kind of your calling card, Mr. Peterson. (laughs) This is the J.P. Peterson Show, presented by FanStream Sports. Now, here's award-winning sports journalist, J.P.
4: All right, it's Victory Monday. And all the Buck fans are at Twitter. We won won the game. We're going to the playoffs. Woo! Woo! Everybody's having a party. I don't know. It's pretty average performance. I expected much better from the Buccaneers after a week off. I expected more creativity in the offense. Expected something different in the offense. Got a little bit of something, but not enough for my liking. Not enough for my liking. I put that out on uh, Twitter today, and a lot of Bucks fans biting back, saying, hey, look, man, we're 98% chance of going to the playoffs now. Am uh-huh? Yeah, well, if, if that's your goal, get into the playoffs in a year where seven teams get in, good for you. Throw a party. My expectations are higher for this team. And that was not a performance that made me go, Wow, we're ready for the Super Bowl now. Nah, this team has played better way earlier in the year. So we're going to get into that in just a second um, with our monologue. And I want you to hear some some different takes from some national folks as well. Uh, coming up on the big show today, Shane Stafford will join us at 3.30. We'll get his take, our quarterback guru, former AFL, NFL, and college quarterback, Uh Anthony Beck will join us at four o'clock. Former Buccaneer, former first round pick of the Jets, now Bucks and Jets analysts will join us at four o'clock. Former NFL scout Leo Haggerty covers the Bucks. Will join us at four thirty, and the great Bruce Gradkowski from Pro Football Focus, former Bucks quarterback, now grading every pass in the NFL. So we'll get his perspective on Brady. And, of course, the rest of the NFL at 515. So, big show coming your way. We'd love you to participate. 727-518-0820. Love to get your take on what went down yesterday for the Bucks. A lot of stuff to get to from the weekend. Um, the most disturbing of which was the collapse of uh, Keonti Johnson in the FSU Florida basketball game. Um, at last check, he's still in stable condition, but they're still calling it critical in a Tallahassee hospital, not a whole lot of news on this. Um, I just saw the video of when he when he passed out uh, this morning because that hasn't been wildly available. Johnny, you know, have you heard any updates or anything? No, I even messaged a source up there in Gainesville,
5: and they said that UF's pretty pretty tight lipped on yeah. everything that's going on. Yeah, that's all they know is he's in stable but critical condition in a Tallahassee hospital.
4: Yeah, that's kind of a bizarre situation. So we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Should they have kept playing? Um, What is his situation? And I hate to even mention this, but I, but, um, you know, I, and and of course our thoughts and prayers are are first and foremost with him and his family, and that's the most important thing. Um, And I think if his life was, in danger, I think we might. We, well, I don't know what kind of information we would get. I mean, it's just, it's hard. It's hard for the family. It's hard for the university when there are situations like this. But I did hear multiple sources talking about, you know, in on all the national news when they mentioned this story, it's like he did have COVID back in June and tried to connect this with his heart condition, which there is absolutely no connection that's been established but the fact that these national media types are just bringing this up i where are they going with that you know where they're going with that they want to shut down all athletics and if if something tragic were to happen to him and look if if they can directly link it to covid then obviously we've got to do some some research and figure out what's going on obviously um but there is no proof of that yet so we'll see how that that goes goes down but well, i think florida's i'm just still, telling you
5: that keep an eye on that i think florida's getting their first round of vaccines here soon like today
4: um the state of florida not the university of florida i know
5: the university's getting them today
4: yeah uh, the university is mm-hmm. well there's a lot of people getting them today and that's fantastic i mean that if that's if that is not something to celebrate i don't know what is and it's fantastic that we were able to to do this with Operation Warp Speed and get it done within a year. It normally takes five years. So whomever you want to credit for that, <laughs> great job. Great job. And we got the vaccine out. What troubles me is I'm already hearing the, quote, experts saying, oh, well, this doesn't change anything, any of the COVID restrictions. What? We say, what? What do you mean it doesn't change? Nope, we still have to keep these restrictions in place until, uh, you know, um, 2022. What? Say what? At least through the midterm elections so we can uh, allow mail-in ballots again. Mm. Oh, oh, okay. No, no. And obviously this 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 vaccine, by the way, takes about uh, a full month to become fully effective. It, it, it's effective early on, but to give you full immunization... The way they describe it, it you got to get two shots, and it takes about a month. So, but also, experts—some experts are saying, or I've seen it reported—that all nursing homes by Christmas will have their shots, which is where what sixty percent of the deaths have come. Mm-hmm. So, if we if we get if we get the nursing homes done right, and then. We give it to all the elderly who are the most targeted. These people should be inoculated within the first month. So at that point, we should be able to get almost back to to normal because everybody else is pretty much either immune or will not have serious illness. That's what the numbers tell us. So we should be able to get to a a situation where, yeah, there'll be cases. There'll still be cases everywhere. Um, but we'll we'll get to a point where people will be safe from from dying and going to the hospital, and that's that's fantastic. And that's fantastic, and then we should be able to get back to normal. Is there, can anybody tell me why we wouldn't? Well, besides going into the politicization part of it, no. From a science perspective, no, we should be good to go, and I, I would think that would allow you know a pretty good sized crowd at uh, at the Super Bowl. You got see, there was a a crowd at the Everblades hockey game Do you see that i retweeted that over the weekend they have, they have fans at, at the everblades down in estero so i mean ergo we should have some fans at Emily arena when the lightning start up in january that would be nice
5: well even if the raptors are going to allow them in then yeah. we definitely should be allowed and we now. haven't
4: heard anything definitive on that yet right on the no, raptors no i haven't so it'll be weird if the raptors have fans before the the Bulls too. I, I did hear today. I mean I'm fine with it. That's I'm glad, but but that would be weird. I did hear today. They
5: didn't release a percentage, but they released uh that the USF men's women men and women's basketball teams will both have fans. Oh that's great at the England Center. Good.
4: Fantastic. You know, like I said from the very beginning, baby steps. Just start it, get it going. And as we've seen so many times, so many times through this whole pandemic, when the people are, you know, the fear porn people are yelling and screaming about super spreads and this schools will be killing fields, never materializes, never. So get it going and let's see where it goes. Um, so, all right there's there's the show for you today. We're going to get to all that stuff, so many things that happened over the weekend. Um, FSU getting a big win in football. Florida getting... The shoe shank redemption. That was awful. Florida fan. Radio Johnny.
5: I don't even blame the shoe, to be honest. Can you replicate
4: your emotional feelings when you saw about it? I'm just Mr. Wilson. Dumbfounded.
5: Throw- <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even who mad about the shoe. Sh- who throws a shoe, baby. I'm not even mad about them throwing the shoe. I've been saying it for the last couple weeks and mo- probably most of the season. It's been their defense that just constantly lets everybody down, and they well, just don't get
4: it. And I, can I ask you this? As Dan Mullen answered the question, why did Kyle Pitts not play? Because he thought they could beat him without him. Probably that's the answer. I don't know what he what his, I don't know what his answer was. And
5: apparently, Kyle Pitts basically begged everybody up until the kickoff that he wanted to play. What was the reason? Told some medical reoccurring medical issue. That's what I think they wrote it off as.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm. I I'll, I'll chalk it up to overlooking LSU. That's what I'll chalk it up to. Yes. I've been very complimentary of Dan Mullen, but that that was not good. You, yeah. That was not good.
5: I understand you they they look good against the well, it was it Vanderbilt and somebody else mm-hmm. without him, but
4: no. Come on, man. Your next you, you know, that's that he's your guy. I mean, he's your guy and he's going to be a key in next week's game. Um, that just, that's playing scared. I understand what you're, I understand you're feeling like we got to have him next week. I get it,
5: but yeah, it's your, it's your, you your got two losses best, now. It's your best player, your second, you're probably, well, first or second best player maybe even tie for your best player on the team. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And he'll be the highest draft. I can tell you that right now. Should have been playing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I am, but I am there for, uh, for Mullen when he says, I'll, I'll take a, if they beat Alabama. I'll take two loss out uh, Florida over no loss Ohio State in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice. Doesn't matter. Because as Dan Mullen said, well, maybe we should have played less games. Absolutely. You think if if Ohio State played, I don't know about LSU, but at A&M, they might have lost? Yes, they might have lost. But they didn't, did they? They didn't.
3: Well, also, you got to think, they could have just played SEC East. Teams and then got in that way to the yeah. SEC title game easy, and then easy. they wouldn't have their loss against A and M.
4: Great point, great point. Just saying so they'd have played Ohio State schedule. You think they'd be undefeated? Yes, yeah, hundred percent, one hundred. And that's More the question likely. you got to ask. That's the that's the that's the question. More than likely, absolutely, one hundred percent they would have won everyone. So yeah, that's that's a, that's an argument for another time. But I want to get right, let, let's get it to the Bucks now and look. I am thrilled that the Bucs won yesterday. And the fact that now they have a 98% chance to get into the playoffs, that is magnificent. And, of course, it hasn't happened in 13 seasons. We are so thrilled. We're so thrilled. And if that's your expectation, if that's all you're looking for, the Bucs to finally make the playoffs, then I guess you're happy and you're you're thrilled with the win. And the Bucs did some good things yesterday. They They finally, in my biggest issue going into the game was what What are you going to do with Thielen and Jefferson I mean the last two games they've given up over 20 receptions 350 yards to the Chiefs 275 yards to the Rams to their two top receivers yesterday those two guys combined for seven catches for 78 yards fantastic job that's the best thing I saw yesterday we solved that and I asked Bruce Arians about that today we'll hear that in a little bit um, but the rest of the team, and I I think obviously the pass rush heated up a little bit. Um, a lot of that was due to coverage, though. So I thought the defense took a step forward. I, I would definitely say that was the biggest thing that I saw yesterday. But the, my biggest disappointment was, well, and let me just finish up on the defense, except for their run defense. I mean, Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins ran all over them. I mean that was that is a very bucks like performance in terms of rushing. What did um, they had 162 yards rushing? The Vikings did 162. That's not good, and it's well above what the Bucks have been allowing. And this is all about Vita Vea. Vita Vea changes that whole dynamic in so many ways. We don't have them. We need to figure out how to be better. The Bucks missed 14 tackles yesterday, according to. Uh, to uh, Bruce on, on this morning's call. 14 tackles. And obviously Dalvin Cook's going to get your get your numbers up a little bit in that area. He's just, you know, he's the best running back in the league right now, in my opinion. And um, Oh, man, King Henry's starting to pick up the pace. Pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. But uh, honestly, between the two of them, I think Dalvin's a little bit more, uh, I think he's a little bit more versatile in the pass game and, and a little bit more explosive. I'll take either one of them. Don't get me wrong. I agree. I agree. But if I have to give a choice, you know, I'll I'll go FSU anytime, uh, of course. <laughs> but uh, so the run defense wasn't great, and and you also allowed the Vikings to keep the ball for forty minutes, forty thirty nine oh three to be thirty nine oh three, just allowing too many third and fourth down conversions. That's going to kill you. And so the defense I think was better in that main facet of shutting down the two leading receivers. So that was good. Other than that, the offense was stagnant early. You know, once again, third down was an issue. And, you know, Brady misses Gronk wide open uh, deep on the first third down. And the play that really turned the game, the throw to Scotty Miller, wasn't even intended to go to Scotty Miller. That was a, a pass, another third and short uh, situation where it was intended to go somewhere else, but Brady uh, made the read and made a tremendous throw, and Scotty Miller ran a great pattern, was exactly where it needed to be, and it was a touchdown. Now go sit on the side, Scotty. We don't need you anymore. We got to go feed Antonio Brown. I mean, this obsession with A.B., I mean, we're, we're five games in right now, right? We're five games in with A.B.? Yeah,
1: I
5: think it's the fifth Okay,
4: game. name one catch. Where he has caught the ball and exploded with the yards after the catch like he used to do, which was his his absolute stable. That that has been his calling card since he got into the league. Get him the ball, let him go. How many times have we we've thrown overs to him? We've thrown tight it. We threw wide receiver screens to him yesterday. We threw we threw four. I think there were four called plays for him. Five catches on five targets, which is great. Forty nine yards. A nine point eight average—that's that, that's bad for a tight end. His average catch is less than ten yards now. Scotty Miller's up to sixteen and a half with yesterday's forty-eight yard touchdown catch. The Bucks' offense is clearly better with Scotty Miller on the field, but yet we continue to feed Antonio Brown. I don't get it, and it's not doing—he's not doing anything special. Why do we keep feeding this guy? Scotty Miller touches the ball one time, it's a 48-yard touchdown. The only other time you threw him the ball, it was into a crowd and not a very catchable pass. I mean, it just it boggled. I, I didn't see any more great motion going on. I didn't see any – you know, I saw the Vikings run these throwback screens to the tight end twice with great uh, great effect. When, when have we thrown a, a, a throwback screen to the tight end? What if we run jet motion? Uh, what if we run any play that's any different than a five-step drop, a, a, a shotgun, a handoff up the middle? Even our run game is boring. I mean, it's so basic. We, I think we have two running plays. I mean, it, it's, it, This offense is completely vanilla, and it doesn't take advantage of the weapons that this team has. Time and time again. All right, let's play a little bit from, from the get-up this morning. Um, this was Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark, uh, and Mike Greenberg talking about this. The first thing you're going to hear is a soundbite from um, Bruce Arians after the game when he was asked about um, his offense and the identity of the team.
6: When asked early this week about our identity, I think we just showed our identity. We can do any damn thing we want to do. That's an
2: interesting way to look at this thing, and and it does beg the question, Dan Orlovsky. What game do we
7: think he watched? Yeah,
1: I, I didn't. I didn't watch the
7: same Tampa Bay game that Bruce Arians did. I thought they were the most unimpressive team that I focused on yesterday I mean they earned 21 points they scored 24 you're not going to get that Hail Mary field goal that whatever if it's a penalty or not you're probably not going to get those three points traditionally and then the the Vikings kind of hurt themselves with all those missed kicks. That's 10 points right there. I mean, you could easily lost that football game to a team that was in overtime against the one-win Jags the week before. And you look the same as you did before the bye week. There wasn't a ton of you know uh, impactful pre-snap motion. There wasn't a ton of play-action pass. There wasn't a ton of 12 personnel. There was a drive in the third quarter that looked cool. Other than that, you looked very similar. So, I walk away going, what did you guys do in the bye week? What did you figure out in the bye week that you're like, ah, we gotta do more of that, or we gotta do less of this exactly. I thought the Buccaneers looked a lot very similar to what they did for the great majority of the season offensively and uh, they were really unimpressive to me in their win what'd you see
8: RC no I, I think that you guys hit it dead on I don't know what game he was watching but this is what I do know about BA from spending some time with him in Pittsburgh is he is very much like our friend Marcus Spears he ain't scared of that yak And, you know, you never know, maybe he got back to the locker room and hit a little bit of that yak first before he gave this post-game press conference because that's not it. That team you saw doesn't make you walk into your post-game press conference with the chest poked out thinking that arrogantly confident that you played a great game or that you could do whatever the hell you want. This isn't a team that moved the ball up and down the football field (laughs) against the Minnesota Vikings. This isn't a team that blew the Minnesota Vikings out without them losing 10 points because Dan Bailey can't kick the eye blonde ball made of pigskin through the big H. They were struggling offensively against the Minnesota Vikings. They missed some plays early until the Scotty Miller big touchdown. They didn't run the football necessarily as efficiently as I think they did need to for the play action game to be great and this defense wasn't dominant at all. This is the team that's supposed to be ascending to be an NFC championship contender and they are not. And that's what Bruce Arians should have been talking about more than the fact that they could do whatever the hell they want Yep. now to take
2: the other side of it Rex. I know there is something they did that you liked very much.
8: Well, I
0: actually
9: like the fact they did at least attempt to run the football. So, and they got Brady under center some. So if there's a positive that way, let's face it. You know what they do over the bye week? They probably played a lot of golf. They wanted to play a little more golf than Mm -hmm. they did. But yes, no, we, (laughs) none of us know what the hell Bruce is talking about. Maybe it's the fact that they did run the football a little more. And, and yes, he knows you're going to have to be balanced. Uh, especially, you know, going in into this month and in the playoffs. So
2: as you watch them, and again, we're, we're going to get to some of the other teams that we've seen New Orleans. We've seen, uh, and obviously New Orleans has beaten them twice this year, Green Bay and others. Is Tampa right now, that team you watched yesterday, are they a threat to make a deep playoff run?
9: No, I, I, I don't see that. I and let's face it, nope. Dalvin Cook, you know, they, they ran the ball down their yeah. throat. Mm-hmm. And, and who outplayed who? If they had a kicker like, you know, Dan Bailey, look, bless his heart. He was a good kicker at once. But nobody cares
4: who to come out. There you go. So it's not often that I agree with all the national pundits, but, you know, I, I did my recap after the game last night. Uh, my video recap, and that's basically what I said last night before I saw this this morning. It's it, it yes, you got to win over the Vikings, and you know, the Vikings have won five of six against crappy competition, but they had 303 yards yesterday. Um, the Mike Glennon led Jaguars put up 390 on the Vikings. Okay. Um, I mean, this is not, and that's a what a one in 11 team. So if you think if you have Super Bowl aspirations or making it even a deep playoff run and you think that performance was something good um I got news for you. Wouldn't. Um I mean there were some bright spots. Antoine Winfield I thought played tremendously, led the team in tackles, had to force fumble uh on the sack and, and tackled I thought really really well in the secondary. Um and and they did as I mentioned, they did a nice job on on their two leading receivers, Jefferson and Thielen. They combined seven catches, seventy eight yards. That's tremendous. That's the biggest improvement I saw. But from an offensive standpoint, I wanted to see so much more. And I know they didn't have a lot of possessions, a lot of plays, but it just it wasn't good enough. Also,
3: Dalvin Cook ran a lot of backside runs at the Vikings. Did. Yeah, he
4: cuts back a lot.
3: Well, not not even they're they are literally uh, drawn out weak side runs that. Got our aggressive defense going one way, yeah. and then all Dalvin Cook had to do was put a foot in, and he's going uphill. That's and what Erdoganio, he always does. Me. Yeah. Uh, but hats off to the passing of Tower, of the pass defense yesterday. Like you said, nice holding job. Justin Jefferson and Thielen to only seven total catches and I believe under 75 yeah, yards. Yeah, 78 yards
4: total. That's yeah. it. So, I mean, it
3: was it was a tremendous job. But So I think personally, Dalvin Cook had over uh, – well, he's – probably the best running back in the NFL next to Derrick Henry or I wouldn't even argue you if you said he was the second. And plus that O-line doesn't get a, a lot of
4: attention. The Vikings O-line?
3: Well yeah, cuz they're a good run. They're a run blocking team, not a pass blocking team. And
4: also The Vikings I, are an average team. They're not that good. Well, well and, I hate to bring and it they, to you, but pushed, the Bucks are too. They <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that that's what that showed me yesterday is that they're not much better than the Vikings. I'm not sure they are better than the Vikings, to be honest with you. I mean, they missed three field goals. And I know you can say, well, the Bucs missed a couple of deep passes. Yeah, I get that. You could do the woulda, coulda, shoulda thing all day long. Bottom line is, they ran the football when they want to. They converted third and fourth down when they want to. Um, you know, And, and for, for Bruce to say, we did any damn thing that we wanted to do, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Well, you you know what I mean, you scored 26 points. Well, also, I think because
3: the defense didn't want to get beat deep and get exposed again, and yeah. have and have a lackluster defense again with the passing or pass defense, which is smart. I think that contributes to Dalvin Cook's a hundred yard day as well.
4: Yeah, because you're going. Yeah, they play two high safeties most of the day. Yeah, which um, is an anomaly. I don't think it will happen the rest of the year. No, no, <laughs> and it depends on matchups, but still you know you've you've got to be do a better job in third and fourth down situations they that that is a game that first of all i wanted to see the bucks offense stay on the field more and they had too many third down situations where they did not convert and that continues to be a problem um they had a critical after they you know they that that drive into the third quarter was my favorite you know they come out and they um i've got it right here they yeah, they started the third quarter. They they run it with Ronald Jones, um, then they throw to Mike Evans, then they go play action to um, or I'm sorry, then M- McCoy came in because I think Ronald hurt his finger. Uh, he gets ten yards up the middle. Then they stick with him and he gets five yards. Um, they go shotgun and they they give it to McCoy again. So they ran three four straight times, and then the next one he gets 14 yards as he pops it outside. Um, they did a little play, play action in that as well. The play action for the touchdown and uh, the play action they they went to uh, Mike Evans for 29 yards down the sidelines because they were running the football. That was the best drive of the day. Play action, run the ball, and they went right down the field and scored a touchdown. And of course, they never went back to that formula again. And I just it just boggles the mind. Uh, they they had a um, a critical uh, drive in the I think it was the third quarter where. They go – it was 2nd and 7, and one play was like a – no, it was 3rd and 10. They do a screen play to Antonio Brown outside wide. And, of course, he doesn't break any tackles, doesn't get the first down. That's on 3rd and 10. I mean, it it just – some of their – oh, and on 2nd and 7, they give the ball to uh, Keyshawn Vaughn for his first carry in like three months. I mean, those – critical drive, you're a 2nd and 7 – and your two calls are handoff to Keyshawn Vaughn on second and seven, lose three yards, and on third and ten, do a wide receiver screen to Antonio Brown, who hasn't broken a tackle all year. Those are the two best play calls you got, and you've had two weeks off to plan. Those are your critical calls. I mean, Byron Leftwich, you got to be better than that. The Bucks have to be better than that. That's terrible, and that's why you score twenty six points against a mediocre team. And I, I you know. That's my take. I, I, I love the fact that they won, and any win in the NFL is good. But if you have Super Bowl aspirations, this team ain't got it right now. They need to be way better, especially on the offensive side. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, and uh, Shane Stafford will join us. We'll get his thoughts. You could join the program as well, 727-518-0820. We'll, uh, back in a second, we'll get Shane's thoughts on the quarterback play from Brady yesterday I think he completed 15 whole passes yesterday
1: when the lights go down in the city make some noise
0: the big eight
1: 820 WWBA let's go
0: right now back to the show with JP on on Fanstream Sports
4: hey welcome back our good friends at Italiano Insurance are doing that insurance checkup. It's always good to do it at the end of the year where uh, you just give them a call over there at 813-877-7799, and they will check all of your insurance rates. Just uh, give them your information. is what you're paying for homeowners, auto insurance, all that stuff. It uh, takes about 10, 15 minutes. Give them all your information, and then they'll go to work and get back to you with all the savings that you might be able to get. It's a very, very simple call, 813 877 Seventy-seven ninety-nine. tell them you want the insurance checkup and jp sent you and they'll do all the work and hopefully come back with some great savings for you which they've done with my auto my homes homeowners uh, uh long-term disability another thing you really need um so yeah just give them a call they're the insurance experts and great customer service they they'll pick up the phone you'll talk to a human which is a beautiful thing at an insurance agency, right? And they'll get you all started. So give them a call, 813-877-7799. And also drop off uh, any food, perish- non-perishable food, toys, and what have you for their Metropolitan Ministries drive for the holidays, and they'll take it over to Metropolitan Ministries. So um, go see them. Italiano Insurance on the corner of Swan and MacDill in South Tampa. All right, uh, Shane, ready to go. What's up, Sugar Shane? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Maybe I was gonna just not have you come on today and just read the seventy-five texts that you sent me during the game, and that would pretty pretty much suffice for your take on the game. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I would miss my I would miss my uh, my time with you. What's up, brother?
9: Oh man, not much, man. Man, I appreciate you uh, not uh, you know turning my texts off at the time.
4: Oh, I tried. It's uh, for some reason I can't do that on my phone. <laughs> so, we're, I mean, if you listen to my open monologue, I was not impressed with the entire uh, performance by the Buccaneers. No. I wanted them to be much more dominant after you know yeah. an off week, especially offensively. I, I didn't see a whole lot of wrinkles. I didn't see anything. Well, what did you see?
9: Dude, I think we're on the same page, JP, yeah. and I think we have been for the most part of the year. Yeah, um, I, yeah I mean. They did a couple things that were a little different. They ran the ball more. That, that was, was nice. Different. Yep. Um, that was good to see. I don't know if it's a wrinkle, but that no, that was great to see. Um,
4: and it worked, thing, by the way. In the few drives did. that they had, it worked. Right. It set up the play action. You got yard. Hell, they yeah. even ran the ball twice on third and two. Twice. I, I,
9: dude, and they got first down. Both How about times.
4: That? Shocking development.
9: How I know, seriously, you can run the ball on third and two and get yeah. three yards or two and a half or whatever. But, um, you know, as far as, look, here's the thing that's hard to judge from an offense standpoint is they really didn't have any type of ball control in the first half, and that wasn't because of them. That was because lack of uh, having the ball in their hands uh, from a defensive perspective. We couldn't get off the field, yeah. you know. Uh, and luckily we had an inept kicker that we were playing against. Um, So, you know, I think we did enough offensively. I don't think it was great, but what we were able to do offensively, I thought it was better than in the past. I still wouldn't say it was great.
4: So, Scotty Miller gets one, um, well, he got two targets yesterday. I think he played all of four or five snaps. Right. And one of those, it wasn't even called for him, but he gets behind the defense, makes a great catch. Um, Obviously, Brady has a nice chemistry with him because he hits him right in stride every time they mm-hmm. run the damn play. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, Scotty, thanks for the game-changing play. Now go sit your ass on the bench the rest of the game while we feed A.B. What the, right. what the F? Like, what are we doing here?
9: Dude, I, that I can't answer. What I will say is this. The connection that Scotty Miller and Tom Brady have is special. Yes. That doesn't happen often. And when I say that, I'm talking more of uh, deep balls. A lot of people don't respect Scotty Miller. One, because he's white, and two, that he doesn't seem like he's blazing fast. I'm just right. speaking the truth, man. Yeah, you are. Um, Absolutely, 100%. And, and, you know, it's just like a white dude stepping on the basketball court. You know, Tyler Hero down there uh, at yeah. Miami yeah. with the Heat. They, 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 oh, I'll guard him. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, type of thing. Trust yeah, me.
4: you don't want it after after a quarter of it. You don't oh, want right, it a part right, of it. right, right,
9: right. Yeah. And, he, and he's dumping fifteen in your face after the right. first quarter. You know, I think
4: the um, Vikings were like, "Oh, I'm glad that number ten ain't out here."
9: Right, yeah. no doubt. Um, but my my whole thing though with this moving forward, I do feel JP that we did start to get an identity yesterday. It was helped by a lot of mishaps by Minnesota. Yep. But bad teams lose and good teams win, yeah. and, I, and I truly believe in that. And we are a good team, a good and team. it did it did take a bad team. Um, we didn't beat them like we should have, mm-hmm. but we beat a bad team um, yesterday, and we got to get better off of it. I don't know what's going on with that whole A.B. thing. Scotty Miller needs to be targeted deep more often, and I will say this. Um, he doesn't need to be targeted underneath. In my opinion, Tom Brady – needs to understand, and I texted you this yesterday, you've got to know who your go-to guys are on yep. third down. Yep. I don't care if Michael Evans is triple-covered. Give him a chance. That's what Jameis Winston did, and he threw 30-some touchdowns. Yes, he threw 30 interceptions. Yes. I get it. But know when to go to him. That play, that, and, and I texted you this, at the, uh, the opening drive for Tampa Bay Bucks yesterday, the Minnesota... Uh, Vikings went cover two shell, and now the concept that the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks had, they had the double stick route on the right side, which is basically a go route by AB all the way on the outside, the number one receiver, and then two quick outs by the slot and the and the number three receiver. Gotcha. And you're supposed to work that if it's a cover to a straight cover to look because you have more guys over there than they do. Right. And on the back side, you had Mike Evans on a slant and somebody else on a flat route. What they did is they went a straight cover two to the side where Tom Brady threw the um, incomplete pass to Scotty Miller, mm-hmm. and he should have went yeah. to the other side where they had cover two man, and you had Mike Evans wide open for a first down. Yep. There are things that Tom Brady is not doing right still, and it's still him understanding this offense and what to do and, and different things like that but there are still things that we that, need to do to put him in a better position in my opinion.
4: Yeah, and that, I thought that was that was a terrific breakdown of that particular play. He ends up throwing the ball to Scotty Miller who's double covered, right? right? And on the back side you got two guys that are that are going to win one-on-one open. I mean, that's those are basic reads, right? I mean, you right. when you're as a quarterback coach and you're watching if you were, you know, working with a college kid or an AFL kid, you'd mm-hmm. be like, "Bro, okay, this is a basic read here." How is Tom Brady missing that basic read?
9: I will say Minnesota did a great job of disguising it. They okay. really did. Right. I, I probably would have went to the same side, but what what I'm surprised Tom Brady with all his experience, if he sees that and it's not clean, come back to your number one A type guy. Right. Come right. back to your 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 all pro wide receiver that makes big plays. That's what we're not doing right now. now how we're much not given.
4: Okay, tell me know, about on that particular play. Was there yeah. pre-snap motion where you know, or was there something that the Bucks could have done before the play that would have given Brady the uh no. given away the coverage and said, "Okay, this is what they're going to do." Uh, no.
9: not no, not really. Not, uh, not at all.
4: Now, a few mo if you motion if, Evans if, or somebody We went from,
9: five wide. We went right. five wide if I'm not mistaken. So you know, we pretty much and they were in a, a dime package. So it's hard to tell okay. who's in right. what and what's doing. And they did roll late, um, but that's where Tom Brady. That's what I'm saying. 18, 20 years in this league, the good quarterbacks you see usually get that. Roll, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, yeah. and that's on Tom Brady. That's man. why we're paying but,
4: him. I mean, right. that's why we're we're not paying him to make you know elementary reads. We're paying Dude. him to make the tough reads when yeah. they disguise it well and. I think yep. too many times we haven't seen that from him.
9: Yes, exactly. And the other thing too is that 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 play that looked like he threw it to grass in yeah. the first quarter. Yeah, man, I can't believe he missed that read. The safety sat and and jumped a dig, and he threw like that's something that the one that they, when he overthrew God went on. Yeah, he used yeah. to be a freshman do in yeah. college yeah. type of thing, and that's just again that's still not truly understanding what he's supposed to go to and be... That also has to do with protection. All this stuff still plays into account. We do... We sti- Look, I have a lot of respect for Tom Brady after watching the hits he's taken this year. What'd they say? He was, yeah. like, uh, top three or five in the NFL for, you know, taking hits as he's throwing in the NFL, whereas before he was always in, like, the bottom third. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's standing in there, bro. He's taking... Lump after lump after lump, and he is balling. I have so much more respect for him because I always said Tom Brady is not as good when he gets yeah, hit. Yeah. And he's not. Nobody is. No quarterback. If I hit you in your face a million times while you throw the football, trust me, yeah. you're not going to be accurate either.
4: Yeah, that you know? play, uh, that particular play was a third-down play, and Godwin was wide open, and Scotty yep. Miller was wide open on the deep route, too.
9: Dude, it was, yeah. it was crazy. Crazy. He could have, he could have hit
4: either one of them for yeah. for a huge huge gain. Yeah,
9: yeah. I, I'm just happy that I saw us run the ball more consistently. Yeah. I was happy to see the defense make plays when we needed them to, minus one or two drives. Um, but overall, man, if we didn't have that NF kicker, we might be sitting here, you know, with one more loss.
4: Yeah. No, I, I I, don't think we would have lost the game. I think we would have found a way to win it. But, ag- yeah. again, they were, you know, and there were a couple of penalties that, you know, that, that that penalty at the end of the half for for the Hail Mary was ridiculous. I mean, yes, it was a penalty, but it's never called. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, that was a free three points they gave us. Um, there was another touchdown drive that they had a couple of bad penalties on that kept the drive alive. Sure. Um, they had some critical penalties in this game and, and of course, four missed kicks. You yeah. know it's going to be hard to, hard to win any game. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean again, I, bad teams lose, man. Yeah, Yeah. we've hey, we've win. seen the Bucks do that how many times? You know, when <laughs> exactly. you domi- when you dominate a game, you outgain the other team and you lose because you miss kicks and you have stupid penalties
9: or, or you turn the ball. Or you over. turn the ball over. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that was that was very very familiar. But again, I don't think it's worth celebrating if you're Bruce Arians or the coaching Correct. staff. You know.
9: What you're doing is you're still making corrections, and and you're pointing about out every mistake, along with why we escaped with a win. Yeah. Um, you know, great coaching staffs do that; they're they're able to keep everybody in check. And I'm excited where this game kind of was going. Mm-hmm. I just think the first half, and and I've been in that situation where you don't touch the ball. I think it was like a, what was it in the first half? It they may have, have been five, like twenty twenty, yeah. yeah.
4: They had five well, plays at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, um, I think the time of possession was 39 minutes to 21 minutes in the whole game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's and, and hats off to the defense because they were you know, They were they were out there a long long time. Yeah, in the first uh, the first half, they had uh, had the ball. Oh, they don't have time of possession there, but the Bucks ran.
9: I know at w- I know at one point it was like eighteen to five minutes at one point yeah. in the middle of the second quarter. And where I'm going with this is JP, I've been in situations as a quarterback, you can't get into a rhythm and as an offensive play caller, as an O C even in the arena league, I've been I hate saying even in that shit. I'm sorry. Um but Shiz. even in the arena league, um, you know, you gotta get into a rhythm as a yeah. play caller. You gotta get into a rhythm as a as a player and if you're only having like 10 plays in one quarter it's like geez, it's like hard, yeah. what are we even trying to break down here what are we trying to do we can't even get into a flow so i i almost dismissed that whole first half um just to hey they didn't have enough time but the fact that they came back the way they did in the second half and the end of the second quarter i give kudos to them man i i really do man they made plays when they needed yeah. to We just got to
4: get better, bro. Yeah, you know, and I I was talking with some fans on Twitter, and they're like, man, we're going to the playoffs. Why are you so down? I'm like, I'm not down. I mean, it's great we're going to the playoffs. That's fantastic. (laughs) But my expectations with this team are a lot more. You know, you don't go out to get Brady to just make the playoffs. You know, you don't go all in just to make the playoffs. This is, you know, we want to make a deep run. And, you know, I think I'm coming to the realization that this team just isn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. You know, it's just not good enough. (laughs) You never know. But I think, you know what, um, here's the thing. I think they are good enough. I just yes. don't think they're being coached very well right now. See, I
9: would. I don't know if I'd even say that. I'm just telling you, you never know. That team back in 2003, nobody thought we were going to – heck, they went I, – I think it was – they lost like four, three or four games straight at one point. The Bucs? The Bucks. Had, the, Bucks yeah. the
4: Super Bowl season?
9: Yeah, didn't yeah. they lose like three games? They they no. had a losing record at one point. No, and they no, ended no, no. up going on like a four-game win streak.
4: Now they were 12 and 4. I think they I think they were better than that. But,
9: you know, I Okay. But I, anyway, I, I, my my point is they struggled a little bit here and there. Sure, every every
4: team does. Yeah, yeah.
9: And and this team has talent just like they do or did. Now, I don't know if we have the leadership that that team did, especially on the defense side. Well, maybe we do, but there's so no, many. No, we don't
4: have the leaders on defense that now that they had back then. I mean, I, yeah, the defense. That's true. See, that, te- that team had an identity. That team was the best defense yeah. in the league, a dominant yeah. defense, and it had an offense that was working its way, you know, where, and, yeah. you know by the first – You know, third or fourth game of the season, you know, Brad Johnson had that offense humming with all those new receivers. And they created an identity as well. You're right. They were multiple. They ran the ball with Pittman. Yeah. yeah. And
9: you had the big receivers, tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It was difficult to defend. Absolutely. You're you're absolutely right. This team doesn't have. We may be able to get there. We may be able to get there, and then we could go on a run. With a guy like Tom Brady. And then Gronkowski, you have two Super Bowl winning yeah. dudes that are on your team. You know what I'm saying? That can. That's why I'm saying is this, is
4: this is doable. And i you know, yes. and I want them to be better. I want them to Agreed. be better. You know? Agreed. All right, brother. Good chatting with you. I will. Uh, we will chat with you on Friday as the uh, as we try to get better. Just trying to get better every week. Yeah. You know. That's what JP, we're,
9: I love talking uh, to you, man. Dude, you always you bring too. something up that I didn't notice and. Uh, I hope I do the same for you, man, yeah, Absolutely, awesome. Talk Really good you, stuff man.
4: today. Really good. One of your better performances, I might say. <laughs> so Thanks. whatever you did today, keep doing it. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Love hey, you, Hey, hey,
9: I Love. will say this. The, uh, everything, the mantle is going well, by the way.
4: Yeah, so the, the mantle that you're doing, like, you guys should see the pictures that he sent me. I might have to put them up on Twitter.
9: I mean, you are you are spectacular,
4: that. bro. That that mantle from scratch.
9: Damn, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'll keep you updated, my my man. I'm I, uh, I got am doing you. all the miter cuts right now, so it's all good.
4: I have no idea what that means, but it sounds yeah.
1: good.
9: <laughs> all, all right, fun with later, those bro. Cuts.
4: All right, buddy. <laughs> Bye. Wear your goggles. Uh, <laughs> he's got power tools in his hand. I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared. What do you got going over there? You got somebody online? Oh, well, it wasn't gets the call drop. Okay. We'll take a quick break then, and we'll come back and hit some college football. Uh, Anthony Beck's coming up at 4 o'clock, so we'll get back into the Bucks and the NFL there, but when we come back, quick three-minute break, we'll hit some of the college football from the weekend. Florida, Florida State got to win. Woo-woo! And some of the other games. Stay with us. Okay, hit
1: it! The Big 8. 820-WWBA.
3: Ladies and
0: gentlemen, Let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP.
4: All right, welcome back. Looks like the Gators are uh, opening as 17-point underdogs to Alabama in the SEC Championship game. What? I'll take the Gators in 17 all day long. Come on now. Alabama, the good teams that they played, they haven't exactly blown them out, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Well, even Ole Miss came a hell of a run. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas didn't really do nothing, but... First blotch. I mean, as long as they're not, you know, throwing shoes, the Gators should stay in in the game.
3: Also, for the Gators, big day to up your draft stock. Big day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially... That's
4: going to help. Trask and Kyle Pitts looking at you. Yeah, absolutely. Not that they need to, but... trask does but pitts is going in the top five i don't think there's any question about that top five yeah i think he is hey you watch um i mean big receivers are such a huge part of this game you find a big receiver that can run i don't care whether he's playing tight end or or outside and that kid can play anywhere catch anything he yeah top five we'll see we'll see uh christian clearwater is calling what's up brother
10: Hi, I want to be a provocateur and I'm going to turn this whole playoffs in college all upside down.
4: Okay.
1: The do Gators
10: that. beat Alabama, who play solid defense and don't turn the ball over. Right. And France has his typical game, not a game like he had uh, Saturday. Right. They're beat Clemson and another squeaker, so they got two losses. Mm-hmm. Gators got two losses. Alabama's got one loss. So that puts Jimbo in the final four, correct? Say it again. Okay. Gators beat Alabama right. in the SEC game. That, right. So that gives, that gives them a loss, okay? Mm-hmm. Notre Dame squeaks by Clemson again. That gives them two losses, okay? Right. right. So you can't take So Ohio State is undefeated, I know. But you got Alabama as the one team, and you got Notre Dame as the one team. So that opens up a four spot right. for Jimbo. That's what I'm thinking. What do you think?
4: <sighs> if Florida beats Alabama? Yes. If, yeah, Florida beats Al- if Florida it, it, beats it, it, Alabama. It, it,
10: it, it, if f- Clemson loses to Notre Dame again. So they have two
4: losses. Okay, I, I think if Florida beats Alabama, I would put them in over Ohio State. With two wins? With, with two losses? You can't. You beat Alabama. Yeah, so
10: you get so two you, losses. You, then so. you
4: beat, yeah, but then you've beaten Georgia and you've beaten Alabama. And you have two narrow losses, one by a shoe. Um, but
10: you know that they would
4: never I mean, everybody, but But Okay, so go. who are you putting in? A&M? That's what, Jimbo, that's what I said, Jimbo. It's another, A&M, it's, it's what, what quality win did they, they – yes, they beat Florida at home. They, right. they beat early in the season. Okay. And, but, and they've been I, they've been I, a lot well, mediocre gonna, ever since. It's A lot gonna, of it is just about eye tests. You can't just look at the number of losses. I understand that. Especially understand, this I, year. Who did you play? I, how many games did you play? I, I don't think Ohio
10: State should be in period. Because <laughs> they haven't played anybody. Played I'm,
4: not, I'm not putting them in over anybody. Thank you. It's Thank their you. own fault. Sorry.
10: Thank you. And no. by the way, what do you, what are you guys buying Dan Bailey for Christmas? You gonna get him something nice, huh? stuff? <laughs> uh, um
4: I don't know. Maybe Remember, a, I'm a cowboy a fan, but so A new contract put, with the Saints, maybe? I don't know.
10: What, what happened to Dan Bailey? He was like the primo kicker in the whole of football up to about three years ago. And he believe it or not, he tore his Ludlow Smack from muscle on tackle. Yeah. And ever since, ever since he did that he's not been the same kicker, you yeah. know
4: that? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, that was bad. Um, I mean, and your Bucks man, man Haggerty.
10: I, I got a laugh when he says, well, you know the Vikings can't run the ball on the Buccaneers. I said, what? They can't run the ball on the Buccaneers? Nobody's tried to run the ball. That's
4: why. They know? ran for 162 so, yards on the Bucs. Oh, man, our, that's our, a lot of and yards. By the way,
10: how could Brad, Brad, I, this is Mr. Johnson, how could you let your son go to LSU and not come to us? Huh? Come on, Brad. What, what about to Legacy?
4: FSU? Yeah. Are you kidding? And, by the way, Brad's going to be on the program tomorrow, so we'll, oh, ask, well, Brad, we'll Brad's ask him. By,
10: he's by all- him and Charlie, are all two-time favorites, no yeah. quarterbacks,
4: okay? Yeah, we'll tune in tomorrow at, uh, I don't know what time we're going to play. We're going we're gonna to tape it, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll play Brad. it tomorrow, is, probably around oh, I love, uh,
10: Who doesn't like Brad Johnson? He uh, he's, the he's the best.
4: He's oh, the yeah. best. Oh, yeah. But
10: why did this boy go to LSU and didn't go to FSU? I can't figure it well, out. Well, he
4: didn't want to go. I, I don't think he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps to L- FSU. And, frankly, he realized what a crap program FSU is right now. So, yeah. Um, I, you know LSU looks a little bit worse, but coming, you know, they made that decision last year, coming off that national yeah. championship season. So, um, I mean, I think he was smart not to go to FSU, to be quite honest. And uh, well, they'll get the list line. I know that line fun. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't but blame I, him. He wanted, he I wanted to do, it, to do his own thing, and I like that. All right, I got to hit a break, brother. All right, buddy. Have a good coming. one, coming. All, right, All right. When we come back, Anthony Becht will join us and we'll uh, break down this Buck's win. Um, I think it was a little mediocre. We'll get his thoughts. Stay with us.
0: Big 8. 820-WWBA. The Big 8. What? Pure. Pure Sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans Dream Sports.
4: All right, let's talk some more NFL and Bucks football. A man who uh, has great perspective, 12 years in the NFL, former first-round pick, Bucks analyst, Jets analyst. He does it all. College football as well. What's up, Anthony Back. How are you, my friend? Hey,
11: what's going on, man? How are you? Uh,
4: just trying to make you know sense of the latest Bucks game. Love to get your take on this. I thought it was, you know, every win's a good one in the NFL. We know that. I thought they played great uh, in the back end defensively, uh, limiting Jefferson and, um, and Thielen to just seven catches, 78 yards. Huge improvement over the, the, the last two games. Um, but offensively, I was underwhelmed. I was um, what are your thoughts on what you saw yesterday?
11: Yeah, you know, I think up front, offensive line wise, uh, I felt like they were really good. Great push, good protection. You know, um, created some holes for for Rojo and and McCoy, and then of course from a protection standpoint with Brady, uh, that was all sound and good. So that that's obviously it starts there. As far as the offense in general, uh, I just think starting fast is a bit of a problem for this football team, and it's going to be a problem moving forward when you play teams that are obviously better than the Vikings, which I, I think every team. Above the Bucks are better, uh, and that in this game Brady was just you know he was off. He, he's got to be able to connect on these passes. Now, if it's a matter of getting him in a groove with shorter passes, or you know just saying, "Listen, man, you're Tom Brady. Like make it happen." You know, I, I don't know what that's going to take or what it's going to be, but for some reason the last you know four or five games he has not been able to be as efficient early on in the football game, and that's costly because. If you look at that game and you see what they did from a perspective of driving the ball, they had long drives, controlled the clock, they missed a bunch of kicks, that helped the the Buccaneers, but as far as matching what they did early on, I mean, it wasn't good enough. So offensively, I like the mix, I like the balance, Rojo, 20 touches, yeah. 18, uh, 18 rushes, you know, I like the fact that uh, McCoy got in the action, Fournette wasn't dressed, not that I don't want him to dress, I just don't think that... You know, he's a feature right now that they need to add. Agreed. I like that combination. So, And you saw some play action uh, that came off of the run that was good, and that obviously, as the game went on, Brady became more efficient. But you've got to start fast. That's the thing that's holding this team back right now. If they don't come out the gates and handle teams early and come out there with a little swagger, it's almost now they're starting to believe that they can't succeed early in yeah. the game, and yeah. it's starting to grow a little bit. I don't like the body language of Brady because of that, because he just doesn't look like a confident player early on.
4: Yeah, like, I think it was the second play of the game, Anthony. I mean, and these are scripted plays, right? And he throws the left side to, I think it was A.B., and they're not on the same page. Like, it, like he threw a, a hook and he was going up the sideline. I mean, like, the second play of the game, I'm like, dude, like, how's that happen?
11: Well, you know, there's going to be incompletions in the game. Know, He's not going to make them all.
4: But you're right. A I scripted mean, play, you know, the second he, play of the game? <laughs>
11: Yeah, I mean, you know, you give credit to the defense, but when you're off, you're off. And I can't speak for who's right as far as coming out of the yeah. breaks, not yeah. sitting in the coverage, all that stuff. I can only go with what I saw as far as you know. He missed Gronk. That you got to hit that. I mean, that, yep. that's that's yep. a corner route you got to hit. Godwin, I get it. Your your, your your internal clock is hitting the stress uh, threshold. You know, you've had more time than you should normally. You don't feel anything coming around, but you're a little rushed, and he put, he caught himself in a bad place. But you got to make that play that's a touchdown across the field Godwin's literally catch that and if he doesn't get caught from behind he's going to score a touchdown so the plays are there I can't complain about you know the the, the types of things Byron was doing in this game again they they did look like they tweaked some things I don't love everything they do I think the run game again can still be better than it already is but when you get good push up front and protection you really can do a lot of things because now you have options and and Brady has time so you know look' it's it's, it's a nice Step. I don't know if I saw big leaps and bounds, but mm-hmm. again, you got to get a W. But this team, again, super inefficient early on in the football yeah. game. And you know, I, if I'm Bruce Arians, I'm not saying after you know or today or whenever he said in my press comments that you know we could do whatever we want. Right. But that's not the case. Yeah. You know, so you're not fooling anybody. But but I get what you know. Look, he's he's not an arrogant guy, but look, he <laughs> he wants to feel good about something. You know, and it's yeah. like, man, you win a game and you can't even get love. I mean people are looking it's not just winning a game. People want Super Bowls. People right. want, you know, getting deep into the into the to the NFC Championship. I mean that's my expectation level. So it's not just a win. It's about how you look, how you're moving forward and how you set yourself up in December so that you can make a real play in January.
4: That's exactly what I said last night in my recap after the game. I uh, word almost word for word Anthony and I just I that's that's, that's well, it's about don't expectation. Me on the show, then. Why are you even bringing <laughs> <me up? laughs> you're way smarter than me. You're way smarter you than me. justification. I yeah, no problem. So, so <laughs> you back me up at least a little bit. Uh and by the way that was the second drive they took. Uh it was the second drive of the game. It was second and 7 when he and it was Evans, not AB. So my bad on that. Uh, but the point is the same. They, they, you know, early in the games, they got to be on the same page, and that's, and I, I, agree with you so much. And I've been kind of going back and forth with Bucks fans today, and they're like, "Hey, man, it's a great win. We're ninety-eight percent chance to go to the playoffs." I'm like, "Is that your expectation? Just make the playoffs?" I mean, that's not why you bring Brady in. And I expected this offense to be so much more efficient at this point of the game, especially after two weeks off. I'm like, okay, we're gonna see some more motion, we're gonna see a little bit of variety. How about a throwback screen to the tight end or a little bit of something here? Well that, yeah, it was yeah. more play action, a little bit more running, but man, and like to your our, our run offense is the most unimaginative thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe a to or
11: something. You know, there's there's multiple ways you can kind of you know what the old saying, skin a cat, mm-hmm. and you know it's one thing to be in your ways. And I know, like with the running game is concerned, you don't want to get into stuff that you haven't worked on. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, again, you got to add something in one new, right. One new wrinkle. You know, uh, the screens. How about draws? It draws out of you know one back set. You know, when it's a heavy pass down. I mean, there's yes. just there's a lot of things you can do. And again, you got to show the diversity. You have got to make sure. That the defense is on their on their heels with some of the stuff you're doing because if you're just kind of okay, this is this is these are the options out of this formation. He comes across. there's a run. He's yeah. in tight. I mean, you know, I'm not saying guys can predict it, but look, I'm not studying the film in depth like these coaches and analysts and analytic guys are. The good coordinators, the guys that are uh, the teams that are above us in the rankings in the playoffs, they're doing that stuff and they game plan for what you're doing and your tendencies. So that that's going to be important.
4: Maybe we're just holding back till the till the playoffs. Maybe that's what we're doing. We want we don't want to show it. Uh, I'm things.
11: fine. Hey, look, I'm fine with that. But at the end of the day, you got to work some. You got to show me things. Yes. And I'm sure, coaches. You got you know, look. If this team is together from a year, and you know this is the second year, and maybe you know you're not showing. That's one thing. But you're right. It's just you got to show it. There's no reason to hold back, man. You know, put it out there. You know, may put your best performances out there now, and then you string all this stuff together. It doesn't matter what you do. uh you know, success-wise, who cares if they know? You know some of the things that you're doing. You have to be more of an executing offense and do things better, so that you're prepared to go in the playoffs.
4: All right, I got Anthony Beck as our guest. Got to ask you about this, and I know I've been harping on it, but you know, Scotty Miller gets in. He gets two targets yesterday. I think he had four or five total snaps total. He makes one he, he, one throw a t- touchdown, and obviously he's got great chemistry with Brady. And they go, get your ass back to the sideline. We don't want to see you. We got five more throws we need to make to AB here, who hasn't broken a tackle or made a big play yet in five games. What the what the f is going on? I mean, if you if you took the names off the back of their jersey and looked at their numbers, they, everybody would go, why the hell is that guy playing? He hasn't. He's got a nine point three average per catch. This guy's sixteen per catch. He hasn't broken a tackle yet. Why, why isn't the number ten in there? Right.
11: I mean, listen. You know, you got to be able to utilize your weapons properly, and and you got to be able to, you know, use your your players accordingly, regardless of who's in there. I mean, you're not going to game plan plays for Scotty, uh, Scotty. But at the same token, you got to, you know, you got to try to be able to be flexible. You got to yeah. use. Antonio Brown as a you know a deep threat where he's not getting the ball and he draw guys out. So again, it's just, you know, causing confusion for the defense. Just it's not about being creative. It's just about well, oh, maybe it is about being creative. Yeah. You gotta use some of the skill sets of these guys so that Brady feels comfortable. And look, that's on Brady too, to to make sure he gets those things done week in and week out. You know, don't just show up, grab the plays and then that's it. Which I know that's not the case, but you know, if that's what he wants, that's what he has to do.
4: So the Bucks only had the ball for what, twenty one minutes yesterday. Um, is that all is that on the offense not converting third downs or on the defense not getting off the damn field um I, I guess the Vikings were four for five on fourth down yesterday that doesn't. they were third three five for 15 on third down which is great defensively but then when they just go for it and make it on fourth down it doesn't help you keep the ball right or get the ball
11: yeah you know cousins you know was a little more you know uses athleticism in the game with yeah, his did. legs those were some crucial plays uh, you know causing field goals. Uh, in the red zone. I thought the red zone defense was fantastic, but, yeah. you know, in between the 20s, they kind of let them do what they wanted to do. I, I thought Devin White played his worst game uh, uh, as a Buccaneer in that yeah. game. They completely confused him. Uh, you know, he was seeing things one way, the ball was going the other way, and then he kind of lost track of instinctually what he wanted to do. He was blocked. He ran past. You know, he over-pursued multiple times, and they, and quite, quite frankly, they, they took advantage of him in the passing game as well. I mean, I that's yeah. kind of that part of the deal and what it was. Yeah, so you know, I think our linebackers are going to see that, and uh, you know, I don't know what's been said or if anybody commented on it. You know, coaching's and stuff like that, but it, it has to be better because those are two of the best in the NFL. And if they're not live, you know, with the pass rush and everything they're doing, again, it takes eleven guys. But when you're special like that, you got to be on point. So they'll bounce back from that. I, I've never talked about those two guys outside of a positive standpoint yeah. until you know fifteen weeks into the season. So uh, you know, they'll they'll figure that out and they'll get better at. It. And I think that was just a great performance, though. At the front and the back levels defensively, and anytime you get to the quarterback six or seven times, yeah. and you know you get a, you get a few turnovers. JPP made another splash play every game; he gives you something. So mm-hmm. those are all positives to grow on for sure.
4: And uh, Antoine Winfield, boy, what a find! This kid has been our first. I mean, our top two draft picks. Where would we be without Tristan Wirfs and uh, Antoine Winfield? They've been phenomenal.
11: They really have. I mean, you know, you got to credit Jason Light. You know, huh? obviously. You know, you gotta you know pick the the tackles that you feel is best and hope things that land your way. But you know, as far as those second, third round guys, it's always a crapshoot. You gotta you know dig in, do your homework, and and find guys that can contribute now. And you know, when you can hit strike goals on first and second round picks and third round picks, I mean that those are gems. So uh, you're right. It's nice to have that position locked up. He's very flexible because he can do so many things for you defensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, again, he's you know I'm hoping Todd Bowles. This is what I see is. He's turning him into a Jamal Adams style player, but a guy that can actually cover. Well you know Jamal Adams is one of the worst in coverage. You can be now. You can put him in the back end. He can go get you a pick. He can track balls. He's got speed, but yet he can be a box guy that's a disruptor. It's a nice guy to have on your defense.
4: Reminds me of number twenty, Rondé Barber.
11: Yeah, you know he's a bigger guy than number I know Barber. he's bigger. Yeah, yeah. but he got a lot of Rondé in him, doesn't he? There's no. I mean, look, as far as getting things done, multiple facets. Yeah. I mean, at Very a high personal. level that. That that's where the that's where the comparison is for sure. Yeah,
4: well, great stuff as always, Anthony. You Got big plans for the holidays? No, no we're
11: gonna hang home,
4: bud. You know, it's yeah,
11: just uh, it's good. You know, yeah, we'll probably wait after the new year and, and see how things shake out. But you know, we, we want to see family and friends. But yet, you know, we've been through the COVID thing yep. and that was I no fun. So we just kind of want to you, you know, got go the antibodies now. lay low. We do
4: you You got the you got antibodies, antibodies now, man. So that's, that's, You're good to that's go. So one
11: thing. There's no doubt. We feel good about that. That's yeah, the story. But, that's good. But, uh, you know, everything else, you know, we'll, we'll be hanging out. We like to hang home for the holidays, so that's what we we'll do.
4: Well, you got a great family there. I would, too, if I were you, partner. In fact, I might just come over. i got the antibodies, too, so I might come over and bring some yeah. lasagna. we oh, will have a big old party. All right, nice. friend. I appreciate you. You know that. Thanks so much. We'll chat with you down the line.
11: you got to be well. Thanks.
4: Okay. The great Anthony Beck right there uh i haven't i been like made all my christmas plans yet do you find it hard to plan for things in the COVID era i do it's like it's like should we take the trip should we not i mean last time we flew out to colorado they threw us out of the town you know i don't think it was anything personal but um <laughs> yeah no everybody I, out
3: i uh i bought a plane ticket for my uh, birthday to go to new york and uh um and would Andrew you Cuomo want to go found to the, out and <laughs> said no nah, we're keeping the keeping our uh, we're not letting you in brother. Yeah, I've so no, I no desire to, to, to I
4: I don't even know if they're well I think they the ski season is on. I think the ski the mountains are open and and they're all doing it. I'm pretty sure. I got to check that out, but they're going to have a crap ton of snow everywhere uh this week so um I don't know, I might want to get out of town, but it's such a hassle these days. Like quarantines and you got to look up all the freaking you know, what What? What you got to do when you get there, the how many rules. days you got to sit there, and, what? like, all the stupid stuff.
3: Well, I wouldn't go anywhere where, you know, it's, like, lockdown or
4: whatever. No, hell no. Florida's, like, the place to be. Yeah. Well, maybe our tourism season will really peak uh, for, for this year. I know people are like, no, don't come, but well, yeah, they, well, you don't go near the, the tourists. You'll the be other fine. half
3: of the spectrum is, whoa, we don't want to. Well, half of them can't leave Canada.
4: Right, so. true. <laughs> right. Uh, the, which they those snowbirds don't they don't know what it's like in the winter up there anymore. They must be freezing their ass off. I haven't seen they can the tag all year, and I love it. Can they? Well, they can leave, right? They can come down here, right? They not, can. Not my country, JP. <laughs> not, I mean, we shouldn't allow them. They won't allow us up there. We shouldn't allow them in. A, no, but we need their money, so come bring your money. We're we're fine with that. And uh, nobody in Canada has COVID, so we're good, as far as I know. <laughs>
3: Oh, then they, then they come here, and Florida's to blame, and then we yeah, then Florida exactly. gets blamed for everything.
4: We're the worst. We're the worst. everywhere. but they hate us because they ain't us. Exactly. They hate us because they ain't us. Let's just be honest. Heaven's waiting room. That's right. Um, all right, quick break, three minute break. We're gonna come back on the other side, and um, I got some. There's been a lot of chatter over the weekend uh, about the Rays and Stu Sternberg, so I think we need to weigh in on this. And um, I'm looking at you, local media. Where you at? Where you at? We'll uh, we'll chat about it when we come back. Stay with us.
1: Make some noise.
4: The big eight.
1: Eight twenty W W B A.
0: So people tell me,
1: what time is it?
0: Time to get back to the show. This
6: is only just begun.
0: More with JP on Fan Stream Sports.
4: All righty, welcome back. Our good friends at Black Rock. Barn Grill have brought back the iconic surf and turf eighteen ninety nine for the lobster and the steak that you cook right there on the seven hundred and fifty five degree volcanic rock. Plus a side eighteen ninety nine surf and turf. Take your honey out, little Christmas special. Tell her it's turf and turf night. She'll think you're spending lots of money.
7: Don't tell her it's eighteen ninety nine. It's a beautiful
4: thing. So uh, head on over to Black Rock, two locations in Carrollwood and in Brandon. And um, you can try the Dynamic Duo, which is the shrimp and the filet, one of my favorites. That's also kind of a surf and turf deal I right there. I highly
5: recommend the Dynamic Duo.
4: Yeah, because you get two sides with that one. And the shrimp the bubbly shrimp, which are amazing. And the filet, which is just melting your if mouth. If you do
5: the Dynamic Duo to- right, you can get the, the sweet potato fries and that's your dessert. Right.
4: And then you throw in, you know, get some greens in there. Yeah. Go with asparagus ge- or broccoli. Uh-huh. Or the green beans the are green good beans. too. hmm mm-hmm. The bacon in there? Yep. 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 Oh my goodness. It's black rock bar and grill, folks. And they're doing gift cards as well. That's what you get your man's. Get your man's a black black rock bar and grill gift certificate. And then he'll take you and then it's a win-win. See, I'm always thinking that way. All right. 727-518-0820. Give gifts. Where you get part of the gift, too. Yes. Brilliant. Um, All right. So last week, uh, Stu Sternberg did his usual chat with uh, Mark Topkin of the Times. Um, Why he doesn't do like an open press conference is interesting. Well, let's open it up to everybody to ask questions. Because I've got some questions I'd really like to have answered. Really like to have answered. But uh, I guess in this day and age, you don't have to talk to the media anymore. Right, I think we've kind of gotten to that point. That if a presidential candidate doesn't have to uh, under undergo scrutiny from the media, then I guess Tom Brady doesn't have to do it either. We're we're gonna hear uh, Tom Brady's uh, quickest post game in sports again to the, to, to today. We'll rerun that. Another four question, and I'm out at uh, post game, which is really bad. He beat it by thirty seconds last time. It's bad, we. I mean, something's got to be done. We, we, There's a lot of people that have questions. Like I was going to ask him how many, you know, how many checks did you make today? It seemed that like there was a few checks to running place today, which is like a first. Nope, nope. Don't get to ask any questions. Just four, four quick questions, and I'm out. That's bad. So he's not really answering questions. Uh, Sternberg never really does a, a, a I think he does something at spring training where everybody kind of gathers around but certainly not you know as as many as as I would like and not the questions that I would like answered so I have an invitation anytime to come on this show Stu anytime you can I'd love to have you come on but um yeah so over the weekend a lot of chatter on Twitter about some of his comments and and I know uh late last week Topkin kind of put the whole uh, conversation out there about the players, because I think it was, uh, to be fair, a little misconstrued was, he was taking shots at his players. He, he'd said a lot of complimentary things about them. But he did say that none of our guys could start on any of these other contending teams, which, you know, I compared to all the, the, the glowing praise that he had for his players, I get it, and I kind of get the sentiment of what he's talking about. Yes, we're undermanned, no doubt about that. But 90 per, 90% of that is your fault. Like, if he complains next year about being undermanned, right? Oh, we don't have the payroll, blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to say, hello, Charlie Morton. You had a chance to keep Charlie Morton for $15 million. You passed. So don't be complaining about your talent level. That That's, that's a completely doable contract that the Rays could have afforded, especially with all of their cheap players that they have right now that are under control and getting paid minimum salary. You you could have kept Charlie Morton and traded Kevin Kiermaier, which I'm sure you're going to do anyway. So th- those are the things that really piss me off when Stu says stuff like that. You know, crying poor, and that's just a flat-out lie. I mean, that's that's a lie. Now, did they lose money last year? Maybe last year because I understand it. He says they didn't get revenue-sharing checks this year, which makes sense. There wasn't a whole lot of revenue to share. Everybody was low revenue this year because no no fans. So I, that that's probably true, but we'll never know. He's lied about his finances forever, so how do we know that's true? Um, they'll never open the book, so we'll never see it for real. But uh, with the payroll they had last year, it was, what, $20 million? I, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I'm sure they lost a whole lot of money last year. Remember, they didn't have to pay their whole salaries. So I, I would still venture to say the, the Rays made money last year. So they made local television money. They certainly, you know, wasn't as many games, so they didn't make as much, but there were, there were certainly money to be made there. Uh, but more than anything, this constant uh, drumbeat for Montreal is ridiculous. And here's another thing, and I'm, I'm researching this as we speak, so stay tuned the rest of the week. I had someone from Montreal text me uh, on Twitter, DM me on Twitter, and say, hey, JP, by the way, I'm involved in government up here in Montreal. And when he says that um when when Stu Sternberg says, Hey, things are going great up in New York. We're really, you know, they're, they're I mean up in Montreal, we're uh, we're making all kinds of headway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I get this, let me just read it here. He says, um, New Montreal ballpark not included in the Peel Basin development. Okay? So there you go. While while Stu comes out and says, "Oh, everything's going great, and they love us up in Montreal," and blah 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 blah, um, that's a flat out lie. Uh, when they when they they the government put out this Peel Basin part of um, their development for downtown, and it wasn't a part of it. Um, so there's no financing in place for that stadium up in Montreal. There's no governmental um, coordination for the stadium up in Montreal. At this point, it's just he and Bronfman talking and trying to figure out things, which in the grand scheme of things is nothing more than we've done here, actually much less than we've done here in Tampa. Have you seen a design for the ballpark? Have you seen a financing plan for the ballpark in Montreal? Have you seen any of that stuff? I have not. I've seen it for Tampa, but I haven't seen it for Montreal. So, you know, these are part of the things that need answers, and why are we not investigating that part of the deal? Are we just everything that Stu says? We're just going to say okay, that that must be true. Let's let's print it. Must be true. Don't need to check it. I mean, that's not journalism. It's not journalism at all. And a lot of it is private matters, and I get it. But it, some of it is very easily checkable. So I, you know. This Montreal plan is still, in my opinion, on life support. The Players Association is not going to approve it, and they have to. They have veto power over this, at least as far as the many articles I've read. Um, the financing for Montreal up there—you think in this COVID era that there people are bending over backwards to give uh, baseball owners money up in Canada to build stadiums in a play in a city that's already failed baseball? I don't think so. No, they're kicking—they're kicking everybody out. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't see that. So, they kick their own baseball. This whole idea that you know Montreal can't wait to get the Rays and do their part is—I don't believe it. Flat out, don't believe it. So, as far as I'm concerned, and this is nothing personal on Stu Sternberg. I mean, nothing personal. I think he's a very nice man. He's got a nice family, and and that's all good. I hate the way he runs this franchise. Can't stand it. And for that reason, Rob Manfred, if he wants baseball to survive here in Tampa Bay, he needs to get rid of this penny pinching owner that nobody likes, just like Namoli, and move forward. You know, pick out one of his other partners, limited partners that have that have some money and a little bit more vision for Tampa Bay. There's a bunch of them in there, so pick out one or find somebody else. There's a lot of people that want to buy baseball teams. Hey, Rod, you want to buy a baseball team? Come buy this one. You've lived here in Tampa. Somebody that wants to actually move forward and has a vision and wants to partner with this community. Not this guy. Clearly doesn't want to. Trying to run out the clock at Tropicana Field because he's making a crap ton of money. No fans want to keep going to Tropicana Field. We want a new stadium. That's why many many don't go. And I don't blame the fans, frankly. So let's get it done. Everybody else can get it done. But with this owner, it's always going to be an impediment. Always. All right, quick break. We'll come back and talk a little bit more football with our good friend, Leo Haggerty, former NFL scouts, and covers the Bucks. So we'll chat with him about what he saw yesterday. Take your phone calls as well, 727-518-0820. Do you think that performance yesterday was, was good enough? What did you see from that game yesterday that tells you this is a Super Bowl team? Next.
0: This ain't no temporary, typical, tearful goodbye
1: 820-WWBA. Fan Stream Sports.
0: Tap the app. Oh, yeah. Fan Stream Sports. Download it today. Now back to more with JP.
4: All right, welcome back. I'm going to uh, tweet out that article um, about the Montreal ballpark not even being in the development plans. Um, I'll do that uh, in just a second here if you want to read the whole article. It's not too extensive except for the fact that – they origin the developer put out this big grand plan about how they're going to develop, develop the the Peel Basin, and they didn't put a ballpark in it. But when asked afterwards, "Hey, you still thinking about that ballpark?" They're like, "Oh yeah, 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 we're still thinking about it, but you know, we didn't put it in our plan. If it was that important to the plan, don't you think it would have been in it?" Yeah, of course. Um, all right, uh, let's chat with our good friend Leo Haggerty, uh, who is the editor in chief of In Sports Magazine, former NFL scout, covers the Bucks. What's up, Leo? How you doing, buddy? Hey,
2: another day in paradise, and it's always good after a win, isn't it, JP?
4: Yeah, it's victory Monday, uh, but it's kind of halfway victory Monday and bitch and moan Monday because Boy, while, a tell a me win, about it. while a win's a win, well, it win's a win, Leo. I, you know, I my expectations for this team are to go deep into the the playoffs, and you know they they beat a mediocre team yesterday who missed three makeable field goals, an extra point, and committed some really bad penalties. So, I don't know. I wasn't impressed as I as I was hoping to be.
2: Yeah, I, I'm on the same uh, train as you, JP. You know, I thought uh, that, uh, again, first quarter is the house of horrors for the Bucks. They yes. just can't get out of the gate. Uh, the Vikings go 14 plays, drive down the field. They had a 14- to 15-play drive. In fact, if they didn't miss three field goals and an extra point, and some really questionable officiating calls yep. against the Pro-P leaders, that game could have very easily turned. Oh, yeah. And that's a – I mean, the the pass interference on Mike Evans in the end zone. It's awful. Where, where Gladney intercepts it. He's going 101. Yeah. And I, I tell you – I think he would have
4: been down by contact. So I don't no. necessarily think that it, that it would have been 101. But you don't think so? No, he wasn't down by
2: contact. The problem was, is Evans had fallen down and he didn't catch it until he was on the ground. So they both had separated because I saw the same thing. Right. Then the replay showed that the ball got bounced around and just landed on his chest. He got up and started running. I'm going, oh, this is not going to be good. Yeah. So, so that yeah, that's and that crazy. was a bogus
4: but, interference call. I mean.
2: Oh yeah. Well, that that one was trumped by the pass interference on the hail mary. <laughs> Have you ever? <laughs> Never, never, <laughs> never. Have you?
4: No. <laughs> you you have free license to mug the guy, take his shorts off. You know, do whatever the hell you want. I mean, it's just that's the way it's always been. I, when I saw the flag, I was like, you can't be serious. Like, is this a face yeah. mask or something else? Because it can't be interference. And it was on the it, the interference was on
2: the guy just standing there waiting for the ball to come down, and Grant plows him. Yeah. And he gets the interference call, i going, oh, man, that's...
1: That,
4: yeah, those that are usually the calls that calls. go against the Bucks, And we're usually right. the team missing the three field goals, you know? Yep. yep. So, yep. yeah, I mean, that's... And this is a team that, you know, Jacksonville took to overtime the week before, okay? And, and ran up 390 yards. The Bucks only got 300 on the Vikings. And I know it's difficult to compare, right. but, again, my expectations were you're after a bye week. This is an average Vikings team. And you, you know, you you needed some missed field goals and a couple of bad calls to to win a game.
2: Yeah, it's
4: uh, <laughs> they had a chance to bury him
2: and didn't. Yep. And that that's what bothered me the most. But the good news to come out of it, JP, is that they basically took the ball, took four minutes off the clock, got a field goal to, to to put it where it was, yeah. and you know. In the past, we'd see three and outs in a punt, and here they come again. So, right. right. Again, I, I, I'm hoping that all the Buccaneers fans have said enough about Ronald Jones not being the guy, because he's the guy. Let's, oh, let's be no real. Deal. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, McCoy did a great job coming back from the dead. Uh, it, it, a nice change up, and he catches the ball well, but... Uh, you know this is 27's team when it comes to running the football and they uh, they're, they're going to live or die with that and uh i i was hoping to ask Arians a question today but it didn't happen uh i well at least he stays
4: him. for more than 3 minutes uh, like brady does
2: like <laughs> well you know you ask brady a question that upsets him he's, oh, he's gone leave.
4: he's gone
2: oh, yeah we saw that 2 weeks ago Ooh, and
1: since uh, yeah, it
2: was not pretty but yeah. uh, my question, I'm going to ask, Aryans, is how nice is it now to know you control your own destiny? You don't have to look at the scoreboard for help. You know, you went out, you're in. Yeah. So that's good. And uh, I, I'm still, I'm still concerned about the the NFC West. That uh, you know, you've got uh, three teams there. Arizona's still in the hunt, and the Rams hold the the tiebreaker over the Bucks, and Seattle's not going to fall back that far. So. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think the Bucks could be the first wild card. They should go ten and six at worst. JP, I mean, they, well, and you that's know, they the always... key,
4: bro. I mean, that's the yeah. key. You want that fifth seed is way way better than the sixth or the seventh seed because you get to go. You'll get to go to Washington or Philly or the NFC least uh, champion uh, wherever they are. Right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and I tell you what, Alex Smith got banged up yesterday, so. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's like backup. I think everybody's playing with their backup quarterback. McCoy came in for a while
0: for the Giants.
2: I'm going, man, this is not good. And, I, you know, I, I do a, a radio spot down in New Orleans, uh, and I said, look, you know, the Saints better figure out that you're going into Philly in December.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: don't take the Eagles lightly. They always play well in December, and, you know, they took them a half to figure out that you got to keep Perks in the pocket because he's more mobile than than Carson Wentz, which is the only thing he's better than. Is yeah. you know he can escape the rush because you know the Eagles are decimated on the offensive line. I mean, it, and JP, I think that's what you and I are most distressed about is that that offensive line is pretty much a unit now and playing together, and it just it just doesn't seem like they're really getting it that okay are they a run or are they a pass? that's you know and, and arian said we'll do whatever the hell we want i said that's great that's great all well and good but you know when someone takes away the run can you pass and you know but the good news is brady threw it 25 times that's what you want anywhere right. 25 to 28 and they ran it
1: 23
2: exactly that's good so that and that's what you want so yeah. uh I'm concerned about going into Atlanta. That's never been a good place because, you know, Julio Jones has made a a Hall of Fame career against the Bucks, and you you've seen them up close and personal for a couple years yourself.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: that's not a bad football team.
4: Well, I don't know if Julio's going to even play. You know, he's been off and on this year. Um, You know, uh, the Falcon. The best thing the Falcons are doing right now is playing hard. They're playing hard oh, yeah. for Raheem. Um, he's got such great relationships with both sides of the ball because he's coached both sides of the ball, uh, mm-hmm. and they're not quitting. You know this, and, and they're they, they'll this will make their season by beating the Bucks. You know that. So oh, you know this yeah. is their freaking Super Bowl. You know, and they yeah. they're gonna they're gonna, you know, here comes Tom Brady, into yeah. our house. Um, you know what? We got a little something for him, and, and and I'm if the Bucks take this team lightly, from what I've right. seen, I, you know. I would, I would not be. I would be concerned. Anybody that's throwing this one in the win column is is nuts. Oh yeah, I would,
2: I, I would get the Saints Eagles tape and show it and say, yes. "Hey guys, yes. this is what happens to you when you take somebody lightly." That's because, right. Because you know, you know, what the NFL stands for JP, not for long. Not and for that's, long. That's that's what happens if you. Uh, again, the guys on the other side in a different color uniform—they're getting paid. Yeah. So you know, these guys can play. It's just a matter of like three or four plays a game. You make them, or they make them. And and you know if you make them, you win the game. If you don't, they make them. They win the game. It's just it's that close. It's it's not where you see teams. No. Unless it's the Jets. My God, yeah, they're bad. That, <laughs> oh, really bad. that's embarrassing.
4: Well, um, uh, Leo Haggerty joining us here. the uh, The Bucks run game yesterday I thought was better, um, but for the most part, it's very unimaginative. You know, I, and I, I think I saw Brady check to a couple of runs yesterday that worked out pretty well, and I think we need to do more of that. But just in general, this run game is, it, it seems like they got three or four plays, and that's about it. You know what, and, and after
2: watching the Rams with all the yes. motion and the yes. direction and that, and then I'm watching Buffalo last night. Oh with my what God, they so do. good. Oh, I'm telling you, it's, it's like night and day, but... Again, we've got to realize one fact. Bruce Harris doesn't want to run the ball. And okay, that's fine. You got to run it a little bit, but his he wants to throw it. It's and not fine,
4: by the way. It's not fine. They when yeah. they when they don't run the ball, they lose. And I yes. know game situations dictate a lot of it, but look, here's the deal. Your team it doesn't start fast. So, worst-case scenario, run the damn ball a little bit and let your defense rest instead of going three and out with three passes. And taking oh, yeah. six seconds off the clock,
2: you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and and then having the, the defense was out
4: there for forty minutes yesterday compared to twenty for the offense. You, again, any decent team's going to whoop your ass like that. You know, JP, if you just look, you don't look at the
2: score and you look at the stats from yesterday. Oh yeah, you're picking the Vikings. Oh, the oh, Vikings yeah. won this game. Yeah. I mean, just. Uh, all right.
4: They it, ran for it, 162 yards. When's yeah. the last time a team ran for 162 against the Bucks? It's
2: been a while. Uh, uh, Michael Vick. Yeah, it's been a while.
4: It's been a
1: <laughs> yeah, while. Yeah,
2: exactly. And the, you know what? I, I like what the Bucks are starting to do on defense in terms of, okay, we're going to make you go 10, 12, 14 play drives. Yes. We're going to keep people in front of us because, yeah, two times it didn't work. But the other eight times it did, yeah. And again, and again it, it doesn't hurt that your field goal kicker can't kick it between the uprights. That's, right. that's a big plus too.
4: No, that's that's a way to win games, and you know, given what we saw against the Rams and um, and the Chiefs, I'll take that as an alternative. And, and you know, I asked Bruce about that today, and he did talk about. You know, putting a couple of safeties back, and you know, playing a little bit more conservative defensively, and if that's the way we have to do it, I'm for it. You know.
2: Yeah. Hey, JP, can I throw out one thing real quick about college? Of course. Yes. Gus Malzahn, what are they thinking at Auburn?
4: What twenty one million? What are they thinking? Like they got twenty one million to throw away on buyouts? Gus, I I got a better one. Gus gets half of that in thirty days. Hey, he's
2: singing "Merry Christmas," song. hey, and Gus Malzahn won't be out of a job for too long. I, I, but you know, you look at what Gene Chizik went through. Chizik wins the national championship two years later, they fire him. Yeah, I, I, I think Auburn's got a false, yes, idea of what they can do. It's yes. kind of, it's kind of like Vanderbilt. You know, <laughs> you're going to win five games a year. You just hope you get four non-conferences that you can win because you're not going to win in the SEC at Vanderbilt football.
4: No, I, I think Auburn, Auburn, to me, that's a situation of you got a bunch of high-priced boosters that want something different, and they don't feel like there's anything new and different about Gus Malzahn. The offense is, you know, it's kind of his thing, and it's been stagnant. People have caught up to what he does, which is all true, but the other side of the coin is how much is it going to cost us to go get somebody, and we have no idea. I can guarantee you this. If Nick Staben's there for another six, seven years... This new coach ain't gonna beat him four or five times like on did. How many games did did Malzahn beat uh, Saban? Like three, three or four? Yeah, yeah,
2: three. You yeah. know, we got the we got the uh, the kick the kick yep. return. Yep,
4: right?
1: kick six. We, uh, yep,
2: and yeah, and uh, he was on staff where they were down twenty four nothing with Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, and came
2: back and won. Right? So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's crazy. But you know what? And JP. I don't think any coach should be fired this year
4: for what no, they're I going No, I agree. One hundred percent. I mean, 100%. come on, come 100%. on. Unless I mean, there's I, a like a crap ton of stuff, like if he was already on the edge, you know, mm-hmm. coming into the year, and you know, but even that, even that, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree with you.
2: Yeah, and you know, Kevin Sumlin got the axe at Arizona, and they said we lost the last twelve games. Well, check out the seven starters on defense that went into the portal before the season started mapping out because they didn't think the Pac-12 was going to play. That's right. They went right away. No, that's a what? great
4: point. That's a great you know, point.
2: It, yeah, and 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 I don't know if you've heard this, but, you know, Southern Cal is supposed to play Washington.
4: Yeah. And they're not going to play, Washington. right? Washington's COVID, right?
2: Yeah, they got, they got Oregon coming in, and they're hoping Oregon's got enough play. I mean, the worst-case scenario right now is Alabama and Florida and just, you know, they can't play. Somebody can't play because now you're in a situation where this weekend people got to play.
4: Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal, Leo. Um Don't test. the the, <laughs> <Don't> pa- <test. laughs> the Pac-12 and the Big 10 set themselves up to fail. And oh, people absolutely. say, "Well, then why did they even play? It's all political. It's all political." They had to, they had to play because they were forced to by the players and the coaches and the parents mm-hmm. and it became too ugly publicly and they had no, they had no answers. They couldn't say why are why is everybody else playing and we're not? so they finally said okay we've got new information so now we can play bs they had the same information before but they were forced into playing and they're like we're going to make it so hard for these teams that they're not even going to want to play and yeah and and that's what they've done i mean 21 days to have to quarantine if if you just come in contact with somebody who tested positive even though you're testing negative 20 days in a row that's ridiculous it's ridiculous
2: it's crazy and you know what? I, I I wrote an article and basically used Denny Green's comment. You know, Ohio State's going to play five games. Yeah, and no shock. And, and if Northwestern beats them, Ohio State's still going to go. No, they're not. Because there's no because, way Ohio
4: State's going to the playoff oh, if they lose to no, the Northwestern.
2: They, oh no! You're out of your me, mind. No, trust me. The Big Ten's going to go well. A competitive analysis is that oh, that game doesn't count. Doesn't. No.
4: <laughs> sorry. There's no ch- that- like, I don't even. I I don't even think they get in with a win over Northwestern. I don't think I don't they think- should. No, I don't either. I think.
2: And again, if, if if it rings the way I think it does, and Alabama wins and Clemson wins, you got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and probably Texas A and I, I mean that's that that's, that's got to be it. Because you can't let a two loss Oklahoma or Iowa State
4: in. Now. Uh, I don't know. Oklahoma, you know, they, you look at their team and it's much different than they were in the beginning of the season when they had all oh, these yeah. freshmen and the guys missing. So I, I, I'm not going to reward Ohio State for playing four less games than everybody else. As Dan Mullen said, yeah, we got two losses. Maybe we should have played less games. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you think you, you think it, I mean, Ohio State? You think Florida would have gone undefeated with Ohio State schedule? <laughs> of course the Ohio they
1: would have. played. Of course I mean, they would have. So Indiana, so would Texas A and M. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, with Indiana, A&M?
4: Beat em.
1: so would Texas A and M.
4: So with Georgia. So I mean, I can yeah. name ten teams that would have gone undefeated with Ohio State schedule.
2: Yeah, and Southern Cows in the same boat. Southern you only like play six games. Yeah. You know what, fellas? That's great you're six and zero, but where's the other four?
4: Yeah. You
1: know, sorry.
2: And, Your and fault. You know, Dabbo, and Dabo's getting hammered now. I don't know if you heard the latest, but, the, you know, the SEC commissioner, Sankey, said, you know, oh, you were just – they didn't play their last game. They were just protecting them. He said, hey, and hey, this is a great <laughs> what a match. joke. If if they were protecting us, we wouldn't even play a championship game because then Clemson and, and, and uh, Notre, Notre,
4: Notre Dame, would Dame be in. in. That's
2: They're right. 100%. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, – I'll tell you what. <laughs> what a they
4: stupid had... thing to say! Come on, Gregs, that's dumb.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now they had the Cardell, uh, the quarterback from Ohio State.
4: Yeah, Cardell Jones.
2: Cardell he... Cardell Jones was on the radio, and he hit the nail on the head. They, you know, Keyshawn asked him and and it said, "Does Ohio State deserve to be in?" He said, "Absolutely. They're going to bring the biggest bucks in." I couldn't believe someone actually said what is the truth.
4: Bring the biggest what?
2: biggest bucks to the game because they are a national brand
4: oh you mean like you they'll want... travel and buy tickets there won't uh-huh. be tickets to be had yep. not even gonna be any tickets in a game
2: yeah and you know what jp that takes us to the next question real quick outback Bowl. Yeah. Do they play it or not wow
4: from what i hear yes from yeah what i hear try yes. to. yeah I hey, just want to know who yeah, you're going to get. FSU <laughs> wins uh, up against Wake Forest. They might be here in the Gasparilla Bowl, or whatever the hell they call that bowl right now, the United it's, it's, Mortgage isn't that,
2: Bowl. Isn't that the... Woo, uh, the are they Poo- playing Poo- that Media one? I, know. I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard. No, that I, was the I'd Bad, bad
4: Boy Mower Bowl, and then it was the bad, boy bad Boy Mower ball. Gasparilla Bowl, and now it's a... Uh, I think it's a mortgage <laughs> company. Somebody's making yeah. money. Mortgage guys are making money. So. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So when when you look at what's happening in... The NFL's gotta make sure they test positive and it you know, in terms of I I can't afford to lose any more games. They're not There's gonna no lose one. games.
4: At least I, the NFL has it right. If a guy tests positive like Des Bryant, you don't cancel the game he goes home and everybody else plays it cuz there's no transmission during the game we already know that that's, that's that's not one documented case of transmission during a game now if, if that was a college football game they'd all go contact tracing everybody's got to go you know and they yeah. have no game stupid
2: exactly I and mean, here's stupid. the thing i can't understand why they're they're penalizing coaches and fining them for not wearing a mask on the sideline <laughs> aren't all the guys that are on the field tested negative yes Yes. Okay, what is it? What is that telling me? It's, that maybe this test isn't reliable?
4: Or well, what? That, well, we didn't... know that. The, the, the head of yeah. Pfizer said, said all these PCR <laughs> tests are crap. And we've, we've known that. And most of them are coming from China. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you think, oh, there's a reliable test? Yeah. <laughs> Let's buy up a couple billion of those tests. Jim and how hey, stupid are like, we? Like,
2: like they said in all the president's men, right? Follow the money. Follow the money. That'll tell you what's yeah. going on. All hey, right, say, partner. Who do, you, who do you like? Who do you like Sunday?
4: You like the Bucks or not? Yeah, I mean, I got to dig into it a little bit more. I got to see what the Falcons have been doing more lately from a scheme standpoint. But um, I mean, the Bucks are just just so much better than the Falcons, and it's a game they have to have. Um, I think they win, but I, I don't know what the, what's the opening line seven and a half, eight, probably yeah, eight. Yeah, eight. I wouldn't. You know? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think they would cover. But, uh, yeah, and, and here's
2: my thing: if eleven plays, look out; it all becomes an even game. That's just me.
4: Oh, why has he had any history with the Bucks? Has he ever done oh, anything to the Bucks? Just a touch, <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right, partner. All right, hey, great talking, to you. as always, Leo. Thanks, buddy. Can always have a question <laughs> on my show. All right. Hello, oh, yeah. thank you so much. Right. That's
2: why I wanted to make sure I asked uh, one today. Uh, there you go.
4: <laughs> thanks, thank buddy. All right, uh, the great Leo Haggerty there seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty. There's no way Ohio State gets in if they lose. Who we got? James Ludeman. James, what's up, brother? How are y'all? I'm fantastic. I didn't know you were on the line. My bad.
12: Oh, you're good, buddy. You're good. How's life? How's that, dude? It's uh, it's going. I'm getting ready to go. I'm going to the SEC championship game this weekend. Oh,
4: so. well, Thanks. You're hired, correspondent. You're you're hired.
12: That's Yep, that's right. I'm going with uh, our our Alabama Tide 100.9 station here, and Beautiful. Uh, just got the credentials today. Nice. So, uh, we nice. are going to Atlanta. Yeah, I'm excited, man.
4: Fantastic. How, they're gonna have what 16,500 fans there, give or take. Uh, yes, yeah, give they or say. take.
12: Yeah. Yep, give or take, which is which is a pretty good number considering. Um,
4: you Does know, Kyle there Pitts a, get there to was... go. Is he gonna play? <laughs>
12: Boy, I don't know. <laughs> I. Uh... <laughs> I don't.
1: Yes, yeah, man. I'm playing.
12: still. I'm still trying to rack my head around what happened Saturday. I I literally. I was actually at the. Uh, there was a, a tournament for Alabama men's basketball, and I was there in Atlanta, uh, covering the, the game that they played against uh, Clemson. And uh, I'm sitting here watching this game while I'm writing and doing all this stuff, and then you just see this this guy throw a shoe. And all I can think about is Austin Powers. Like, who throws a shoe, Who throws a shoe, baby? Like, who throws a shoe, honestly? Yeah. And, 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 look, I know Dan Mullen, you know, came out and was like, well, you know, it's it's one play, and, and there was no ill intent behind it. No, no, there was absolutely ill intent behind it. It doesn't matter what you call it. It was the dumbest play. And I heard somebody say this, and I agree with him, JP, that that was the worst loss in Florida Gators history, bar none. They're they're bar none. You could put that game up against anything, and that game will uh, stand the test of time. They had a choke spot in do, the, the Chokin was
4: pretty good loss. No, so no, 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 no. That one no. point.
12: That one point loss. Nobody, Ole Miss nobody was bad. threw a shoe in that game, JP. <laughs> no,
4: this is through the game. The Ole Miss but, game was bad. <laughs> now, who was the kid? Was the Ole Miss kid was it? The who was the kid that, that lifted his leg? Like he was peeing. Oh yeah, that, that, that was cost him the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was
12: Ole Miss, Mississippi State last year. Yes, and, that uh, was they, worse. They, that's
4: worse when you lose a rivalry uh, game uh, like that.
12: Well, see, here's here's why I think because it's if Florida not wins,
4: worse. they're still getting in.
12: Well, if Florida the, the beats Alabama, not, they're still in. The reason why it's not worse is because well, no, first of all, I don't think that's even accurate. I, I think it's I think it's done. Even if they beat Alabama, there's no way a two loss team. And, and I'm not saying it's this New because year. I'm a it's fan. COVID.
4: It's COVID. New year.
12: Well, maybe, but at the if end they of the beat, day, if they
4: beat the consensus number one team, and I'm sorry, I'm up against a hard break here. You know what? Okay. Hold on. You want to go? Hold on to the five. You know, hold on for a minute. Hold no, on, because I want to get into this on the other side. Stay with us. Back for our five o'clock hour in moments. Make some noise. The big eight. The
1: big eight twenty. W W B A.
0: Sports here. Now, back to the show with J.P. on Fans Dream Sports.
4: Alright, welcome back. Bruce Gradkowski coming up at 5.15. Pro Football Focus. Former Bucks quarterback uh, will join us and he breaks down every pass thrown in the NFL. So we'll get his take on what uh, what transpired yesterday and what's going on with the Bucks' offense if he expected more like many of us did. But our good friend James Ludeman uh, joins us here and uh, he'll be uh, headed to the SEC championship game, which is basically a playoff quarterfinal game for me. Um, so you think you think Florida has no chance of getting it? Say, say if they beat the Gators by twenty five points. I mean, uh, beat Alabama by twenty five points. They're still not going to put them in.
5: No way.
12: No. And, and the reason I say that is not because I, I don't think they should if they beat Alabama. But the problem is, is that college football right now is so enamored by this. Um, Ohio State situation and, and what's going on in the Big Ten. That that if Ohio State wins and beats Northwestern, which they should pretty easily, um, that, then there's really no way that that Ohio or uh, Florida is going to make it in. They're they're not going to put a two loss SEC team in by by no means. Now, if for some reason Florida does win, Alabama obviously I think is no matter what, even if they lose this game, is going to stay in it. Sure. Um, just simply because of the season they had, but yep. that opens the door for Texas A&M to slide in there. Now, do I think they need to be in there? No, I don't, because their one loss this year was against Alabama. It was a convincing loss, and and everything else. But I, I just I don't see the committee looking at this team, especially after I, I'm telling you, if they would have beat LSU and did what they had to do, and they and they made it, you know, to the SEC title game and pulled the upset. Then absolutely you put them in. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, because of where college football is with Ohio State, uh, now, JP, I, I'm I'm telling you right now, it, there there is a chance we could have an eight and O Ohio State team as a national champion. I, I mean, well, there's there's all, a real real
4: chance. I don't think they're good enough to uh to to win a semifinal game and a final game. I don't <laughs> think they're good enough to to do that. Number one. Number two, you said that the college football playoff is enamored by Ohio State. Why? Why do you say that? Because they keep ranking them up so high, despite them doing very little.
12: Correct. Yeah. And that that to me, and I actually spoke with Heather, Heather Dinich from ESPN last Friday, and I asked her this question about, you know, what is the college football playoff looking at? Because she's the one that covers it for ESPN, and her response was, they're looking at the. I, and I hate saying this because it's so to me, it's so stupid. But they look at the eye test. You know, you look at a guy like Justin Fields, who's, uh, who they believe is one of the best in the country. It's not, and, and to Ohio State's credit, their games that have been canceled, only one of them has been their fault. The rest have been the other programs. So I think, to me, Ohio State is getting in simply for the name factor. You know, if you're looking at money, uh, you're looking at Ohio State because there's a lot of people in this country who pull for them. Uh, even there locally in Tampa, I mean, there, there's a lot of folks who are Ohio State fans in that area. Yeah, so I know. Financially, you know. if you're looking at that, then I, I think that's the main reason Ohio State is even involved in this conversation.
4: Well, you know, I, I think what Dan Mullen said is true. You know, um, it, when he was asked about having two losses, and he said, well, maybe we should have played less games like Ohio State. And that's that's my thing, man. I And if I'm the college football playoff, I have – first of all, I think the eye test is, is – is good because um, especially in this year when you don't have a lot more to go on, you know? So I I'm okay with the eye test, but it, I think it has to be a blend between what, what have you actually done on the field. And like, it's hard to argue a two loss team over a undefeated Ohio state. I get that. But um, if Florida were to get a convincing win over Alabama, I think it would be tougher. I just do. You know, I, 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 know, I don't see, I know A&M yeah. would probably have a better, uh, a better argument, frankly, than Florida. I don't see. I don't
12: see anything from Florida's defense that shows me that they're going to compete in this game. I, yeah. I really don't. No,
1: I, I agree mean with LSU.
12: You there. LSU just took you to to the limit. Uh, and, and granted, if that if that play doesn't happen where he throws the shoe, you know it's it's you know Florida's ball. They stop him on third down on that play, and and it's Florida's ball. And then who knows what happens from there? Of course, with their offense. There's a good chance they come out and win the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
12: so at that point, you know you set up a 57-yard field goal, which was amazing uh, to watch because yeah. it was first of all it was crazy fog yeah, I know. outside that game, and then on top of that, it's just a 57-yarder. I mean, not a lot of college kickers are going to hit a 57-yarder clean like that. Right. So you know, credit to LSU for what they did, uh, but I, I just again, as much as as much as I want. People, or as much as I want to believe that Florida is going to make this a contest, based on what I've seen with Mac Jones, he's probably, unless he just has a disastrous game Saturday, he's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he's there's there's never been an Alabama quarterback that's won the Heisman, never. And I think this year that's going to change. It's going to be a very interesting game Saturday, but I don't see. I think the point spread already is around seventeen. Yeah, and I I'm think that by that's that. about right.
4: Really. Is Alabama's yeah. defense that good? You think Alabama can shut down Florida's offense?
12: Now yeah. that's going to be the question: Is is Kyle Pitts? Uh, you know what, what's playing. his status? He's playing. And, and, yeah, well, I know he's going to play, yes. but is he a hundred percent?
4: Because yes, here's the yes, thing: if he, he was hundred <laughs>
12: percent, well, if he was a hundred percent, he should have played last week and didn't. I agree. And and that's and that's the the coaching confusion that I have with Dan Mullen. Is, that was a mistake. You know. Well, it was a big mistake, and it cost them a chance to go to the playoffs. I agree, and that's and that's that's not good. Um, but there is one other thing I w- I want to ask you about, JP. How about your boy uh, Mackenzie Milton going to FSU?
4: Awesome, a big deal. I mean, here you got a kid that's probably put out, uh, you know, a couple of the best seasons in the history of Florida college football. I mean, the state of Florida now going to one of their premier programs for his final season to help resurrect. And I think it's a good time for FSU because, frankly, none of their young quarterbacks are ready. I mean, I've seen Chubba Purdy this year, and I've seen Tate Rodemaker. Um, they're just – they're not ready. And I would take Mackenzie Milton, making my starting quarterback, take Jordan Travis and make him my Taysom Hill um, a utility knife. Give him, give Travis, twenty touches a game at least. Either running the football or screen, wideout screens or, or or running back screens. Get kids got to get the ball in his hands. And suddenly you got an offense that can uh, can click, and you don't need a you know a great offensive line to do it. I mean they they proved that at UCF. So. Um, I love it, and it's a big deal. I know there's people in this market that don't understand, you know, college football and how important it is. You know, I heard them on the radio today, but they're clueless. <laughs> this is a this is a big deal. This is a really big deal, and it's it's great for for a program that needs a shot in the arm. No doubt. Now they're not winning the ACC with this with this move, no. but they they need to be they need to win games and get confident again. In what they're doing, and and he fits uh, Norvell's system to a T, and he'll be able to um, you know inspire this team with his story and who he is. It's a great, great day for FSU, no doubt about it, hundred percent.
12: Yeah, as a Florida fan, uh, also to my to my core, as I have been since I was a little kid, uh, and I think John would agree with this. You know, when FSU is competitive, it's more fun for us. You know, because it it, oh, yeah. it makes that rivalry it makes that rivalry stand. The test of time there's not a lot of rivalries in, in in college football that i really enjoy you know obviously auburn alabama is a big deal uh michigan ohio state's a big deal but i think Florida to Florida state stands mm-hmm. up against a lot of those oh absolutely um, when and, it's good that's yeah, it, well so when it's when it's good right when it's good and so I, i'm i'm thinking that there's there's a really good opportunity for milton to come in and make an immediate impact as you said um i'm excited to see what he has to bring i think I think with UCF, it's been very interesting because they they've been kind of looked at as this team that that you know was very good for a little bit. This year, they didn't have as great of a year, uh, but at the same time, you know he's he's a playmaker. And when they got when he got injured a few years ago, uh, it, it was a very tough shot for UCF. So I think that just explains even more about how good Milton is and how much he's going to bring to FSU. Yeah. Uh, so that that's exciting, and I, I knew that would be an exciting thing for you, man. And I'm I'm glad to hear it. I really am.
4: Yeah, and it just you know I, I don't think it'll affect their quarterback recruiting or or any of that. I think it, I think it's just a, a net positive um, to have that you know that kid of that character and his story and ability. I mean, the kid can freaking play. There's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's great timing for both for for the program and for the kid. And yep. it, it just makes FSU much more viable next year to to win games when you have a quarterback like that. And Jordan Travis is good, and I think the kid's got a future in the NFL. But it's not a quarterback. Um, he's no. just not an accurate, fluid passer. And he's so good running the football. He's such, he's so good. So um, yeah, I think it, it's 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 great for the entire program. So we'll see what happens.
12: Absolutely, and and uh, barring that, again going back to. What, what we were talking about for just a second. I know you got uh, guests coming on, but I'll finish with this. I, I think Saturday you're, you're going to see, again, what we've seen all year with Alabama. Uh, they, they've they really controlled the game in a lot of areas. They've given up some big plays, so I think the offense for Florida has an opportunity to, to at least get something going. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this, if that defense plays anything like what they played last week yeah. uh, or, or even the last several games, because they haven't looked good in early in games, uh, all Alabama all is going to run away with this easily, and they're going to run right into the SEC title and run right into the college football playoff.
4: Yeah, and I think they're going to win the title this year. They're the most. Complete. I, don't, I
12: don't. I don't see anybody else who yeah. can stand up to them besides maybe Clemson. But even that's a stretch with Notre Dame's defense being as good as it has been this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a fun game there in the ACC title game. That man, that's, just, with Trevor Lawrence back, it's going to be huge for Clemson. I,
4: I wish this would be my my favorite wish of the of the week and the college football season. They come out with the selection show next next week and they go, "Here's our bracket, folks," and we've got eight teams. In our bracket, we're expanding to eight teams. I would get the biggest freaking football Woody of all time. I'd be like, "Yeah, baby, let's do this." Yeah, well, but they're not. I, gonna I'll do. tell you. I'll tell you
12: quickly. I think Wouldn't college cool, football though? missed and yeah, college football missed an opportunity. They, they sure could have done that this year, and so they would have. They really would have done a great job. Still for can. That, but. They missed the I don't think yet. they're going to do it now. It's too late in
4: the game. Still could. Point, but. I mean, look, we, we we scheduled a game in 48 hours, and BYU went across the damn country and played football. It ain't that hard to do. Put eight teams. Yeah, on. All you do is put eight teams on the line because we haven't done the bowl thing anyway yet. You know, we haven't done the bowl yeah, thing yeah. anyway. We, most of the bowls are going. There's a lot of these bowls aren't even going to play, so you're not going to have enough teams for the bowl slots. So let's just make eight te- and eight. You know, 18 playoff, add an extra round, play the games at the home sites. Boom. There we go. It's done. Move on. All this well, argument about who's the last one in and all that just goes away.
12: Well, here's the thing, JP. I can tell you based on what I see right now in this top eight, you're probably going to have the same four Final Fours. So right. Exactly. So going to matter.
4: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. At least they can play it off, though. You more revenue. Yeah. More TV yeah. money. No-brainer. And I don't see Mac Jones winning the Heisman. All right, I think my right, brother. Have fun in Atlanta, my friend. We'll be watching. We'll get you on nope. uh, on Monday to recap. Yes, sir. Or maybe Try Friday. To talk too. You all, later. all right, man. We'll see you. Yeah, absolutely. The great James Ludeman right there. We will uh take a break. Bruce Gradkowski coming up next. Uh Pro Football Focus. We'll see what he thought about the Bucks offense yesterday. Stay with us. <laughs>
9: Thank God you're back. Now, back
0: to the show. More sports with J.P.
4: All right, let's do this. Let's bring in our uh, quarterback guru from Pro Football Focus, former Bucks quarterback, former Steelers quarterback. Bruce Gradkowski joining us here after grading every pass in the NFL. He's had about two hours of sleep. What's up, Bruce? How you doing, buddy? <laughs>
13: Uh, I'm doing good. I mean, you're you're right about that. Last night, I'm going through the games. I'm grading them. It's probably like midnight, and I'm just like I'm thinking to myself, "Wait a minute, how many games were today?" And I go look, and I'm like, "Ah oh, man, 14? Because I'm used yeah. to seeing twelve. So, like, just there at midnight last night, I'm like, "Man," and I don't know what hit me. My my wife made me like probably the best coffee ever. It was like a nice little. You know, I'm a guy that likes like the caramel macchiatos and stuff. I'm drinking uh, one
4: right now, baby.
13: Oh, see, it's beautiful. So she makes me a really good one last night. I got that juice flowing, and I busted out probably from 7 o'clock last night till 3 in the morning. I got through nine games, and then uh, I did the rest this morning to hit our deadline at noon to try to get them done. But, uh yeah, man. So then at this point, I'm like, all right, what did I actually
4: really see last night? <laughs> <laughs> so, I get, like, the Brady stuff, I can't even ask you about. It's like, uh, I mean, seriously, doesn't it all just yeah. kind of go together after a while? Well, it's you hard. know, it
13: does a little bit, and yeah. then, honestly, like, when, when, you, when you ask me a few questions or certain yeah. plays, then it sparks my memory. Like, you know, I think of Brady, and he started out missing some throws, you know, yes. and, and with Brady, too, it, it's Sometimes it's just when, like, pressure's about to get to him or it's around him, and I know we've talked about that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's any quarterback, right? Because you also think, oh, shoot, my arm's going to get hit. So you kind of change your release a little bit, and the ball sails. You know, it was one to the running back. He was going to check, check it down. Um, and then, you know, he had a big in route. Another time he was hitching up in the pocket, and it, he was holding it pretty long. So I could only imagine how he felt because sometimes, yeah you're like, dudes are coming from behind me. I better hurry up and get this out. And sometimes that hurts your accuracy. But I thought one that was really nice, I mean, we all saw it, the the bomb, the Scotty Miller. Yep. But the reason why I thought that was so nice too, though, that was kind of off off rhythm a little bit because he was kind of looking somewhere else and then he had to reset and find Scotty late. So those are like harder throws to make as a quarterback. You know, if if Brady initially knew from the get-go, that's my guy, that's where I'm throwing it. Now you could be it's I'd say easier to be accurate, but on that one he's kinda of looking somewhere else, boom boom, set his feet, saw Scotty Miller and just rifled it. And Great that was throw. a beautiful pass. Oh yeah.
4: Yeah, and then, you know, Scotty went right back to the bench where he's been for the last three, four games. I mean oh, I know. <laughs> dude, I, I don't I don't understand this. I mean it's it's he's had four targets I think in the last five games. And I know he had a groin injury, but he's been healthy the last three weeks. And and even in this game, they you know they run five targets for Antonio Brown. I don't think he's broken a tackle yet, you know. And and you said this early. You get the ball in his hands, he's going to make people miss, and he's gone. And that was always his mo. Bruce, he's not doing that anymore. It's not the no. same guy. I mean, I don't think he's made one guy miss all year long. And they're they're third and ten. They're running you know outside screens for AB. You know Godwin's a much better runner at this point of his career, yeah. and I don't know. Well, I don't know why they're so obsessed with this and won't give Scotty Miller any any run. Yeah,
13: a few things. Like to me, I mean, AB's always had been been in great shape. Like yeah. he's not a guy you have to like worry about being in shape. But to me, honestly, I kind of look just from the naked eye, like just watching the game. I'm kind of like, huh. Wonder how much AB weighs. And just you bringing that up, it, it makes me think about it, right? Because as receivers. I mean, it, the difference between five, ten pounds is catastrophic. He you looks know what big. I mean? Like, he looks that, that, really that, big. Yeah, he looks. That's what I mean. He looks thicker. AB's always been super jacked up, like cut up, shredded. But now it's kind of like he's looking a little thicker in a sense of okay, that quick twitch man, like those receivers going from one hundred seventy five pounds, to one eighty five, or even more, like one eighty five to one ninety five. That's, a big, that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, but the thing with Scotty Miller, you know, because I was the type of quarterback, too, that – I mean, because Tom Brady and I, like, our our, our careers are so very similar. Very you know, Yeah, so, very, yeah, like very the, much. Both, both six-round draft picks, both played for Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, I could just yeah. keep going on uh, about on and on. the similarities. <laughs> six Super Bowls, <laughs> but, uh,
4: MVPs. I know. I'm with you, bro. With exactly. You. So, uh, but,
13: you know, I was always comfortable with those receivers that you knew they were going to be in the right spot at the right time and they'll catch the football. They're just reliable. They're not the ones that have all the ability, but you just, you like them. You, there's something about just trust them and you have that connection. And I just go, I just think of uh, preseason games that I'd always be playing in and I'm playing with the third, fourth string guys and there'd be some of them I'd love because they're just like, they're on their P's and Q's and they're going to be in the right spot at the right time. And that's how I look at Scotty Miller. So I, I think he should be getting more burned because it's just it's a natural connection Tom Brady and him have. Now, you also have other weapons, and there are certain situations Scotty Miller might not thrive in. But I just think for the most part, man, if he's out there, Brady's going to find a way to get him the ball and, and get himself in a rhythm. You know, Tom Brady's going to get in a rhythm more when, when Scotty Miller's on the field. You yep. just kind of have seen it all year long.
4: Yeah, and I I just don't you know these third down plays where you know, they're chucking it down you know it's third and two third and three and they're chucking the ball way down the field, and I know you know that for the first series Gronk is open I get it, but it's not a high percentage throw and Tom's missing them um, you know they the second I think the second series they had he and Evans you know are not on the same page it's the seventh play of the game which is usually scripted and they're not on the same page they're running he's running a different route and the ball's dirted. I mean, it's just like, this, and this is after two weeks. I mean, I thought we'd see a whole new and some creativity into the offense. Um, it just wasn't there.
13: Well, you know what I kind of like, though, that, that I did think, like, they went back to basics a yeah, little bit. they ran the ball more. Yeah, and it was like, you know what? We don't need to get cute. Let's do what we need to do. And I think Tom Brady, under center, the play-action pass, yes. he's comfortable with. How, how many times in New England... You remember him dropping back under center, hitting the tight end, hitting Gronk on a seam, or, yeah. you know, d- d- hitting the deep cross. And so I saw that yesterday. It was good that Tampa was able to get the running game going a little bit. And so so that's kind of what I like from that yep. offense. I saw that they did, you know, hey, look, let's change it up. Um, and this is the time of year, honestly, with everything that's got going on. You look at how Washington, the football team's playing, like, yep. This is when you wanna come into to your group. This is when as a team the culture, the energy in the locker room starts coming together and you figure out who you are, you're confident in who you are. And I see it from like Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I see it from Washington. I you know, Tampa Bay, could they be a team like that that's starting to get their their mojo going yeah. together? So, so I, I I don't worry too much, you know. Like Minnesota was almost that team, you know. Minnesota was on a nice little yeah, roll, yep.
1: Yeah.
13: Um, you know, so I think this was a, a huge win for Tampa. It's a huge confidence builder just to get that mojo going and continue that. You know, look at the Colts right now, right? I mean, yeah. the Colts a good football team. So this is the type of time of year, and then you got the Steelers on the other side they have to find a way, okay, you know, started off great, lost the last two, no big deal, but how can we get rolling again?
4: Yeah. Bruce Kradkowski joining us here. Uh, what did you think of Cousins' performance yesterday, Kirk Cousins' performance against the Bucks?
13: Um, I thought he was pretty solid. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, let me see, he was, he was like our 11th grader, you know, PFF grade at 73. You know, sometimes with him, it's you know, I, I thought he took off a few times here and there. That was key. Yeah, that you know, was good. Remember he ran it.
4: the ball well. Yeah, he made some really good escapes on big third downs.
13: It, yeah, and no, I mean, no, those are crushing the defense. Like any time a quarterback can just kind of tuck it and run for five, ten yards on a third down, too. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did that yesterday. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, and and that kind of goes. Yeah, that's not like as much on the stat charts, charts as you would would want as a quarterback, but that's a huge part. Of playing the quarterback position, so yeah, I thought Cousins had a you know a solid game. game yeah. You know, it,
4: the Bucks defense did a better job of covering up the be- the better receivers. I mean, they've been giving up the booty big time, but um, they held Jefferson and Thielen to seven catches and seventy eight yards combined. So that was a big improvement for the Bucks defense. Um, any, yeah. Anybody else? Uh, what about Mahomes yesterday throwing three picks? That yeah. Dolphins defense is legit, huh?
13: No, they're tough. They give you different looks. You know, they'll they'll bring guys up like a cover zero look, and sometimes guys are dropping out. Sometimes they'll bring it. Uh, The thing about them at times is when you show that against Mahomes and you're all up in the line of scrimmage as a defense and you're going to run out of there, now you're trying to chase down Cheetah. (laughs) You know, Tyreek Hill is just screaming down the middle of the field. I just think with Mahomes, it comes back to – like, the guy's unbelievable, right? He took that 30-yard sack. He threw three interceptions. It, I mean, it was like, if I had a game like that, I would have been cut, you right. know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but you know but, he's going
4: to come back and win the game.
13: You know absolutely. that. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. Like, my game probably would have ended with the three picks and the 30-yard sack, not the monstrous throws he made downfield to bring him back in that ball game. So that's Mahomes for you, you know? Like, they can make those mistakes. Not a lot of teams can get away with turning the football over like that, playing sloppy early on, being down ten points, and then just boom, just turning it on. They're a big play, explosive offense with a ton of weapons. So, I mean, that's that's where it's really hard to think like who's going to beat the Chiefs, you know, because they just have so much firepower, and you just continue to see that. So, it's always watching fun. It's always fun watching Mahomes play because of those type of plays.
4: Oh, and what do you think of Tua's performance? And is he, you know, is he, he continuing to trend to get better each and every game?
13: Yeah, I think Tua. Okay, so yesterday I was watching and I was thinking, okay, I should have been more confident on talking about my concern with his accuracy right. when he came out. You know, because and when I say that, I mean as far as like. If my receiver is running, you know, across the field, am I throwing it on his upfield number, or is it right on his back uh, shoulder? You know, that's the difference between the yards after catch. You yep. know, So that's the kind of accuracy I'm talking about, not as far as, like, completion percentage or just completing the ball, like hitting him right in the stomach and he catches it and falls down. Right. I'm just talking about pinpoint accuracy in the NFL that separates guys. So for Tua, he's still, I mean, he's a baby in his career right now. Like, I mean, he's just getting going. So I do see the comfort level coming around. I think he is poised. He's starting to, like, understand a little bit better. I mean, he was our 18th graded passer at 66 yeah. yesterday. So he didn't he didn't have the best day. But it was also the turnover-worthy plays. I mean, he cannot continue to just throw the ball up or, or put it in harm's way and – um that that's kind of what I came away with is is you know and then there was one too that he was backed up and I have this one in my notes. The Dolphins were backed up kind of like nears end zone. He dropped back where he was in the end zone, and his read was on the left side of the field, the offense, and it's a go route. And then the deep cross comes from the right side of the field, and then your down. So all your read is to the left. And then you'll have a big in, a big in route coming from your right side. So your eyes are to to the left, reading the go route to the deep cross to your flat. Mm-hmm. You can always come back to the yeah. to the deep end, the big in route to your right side if you could get to it soon enough. Well, his eyes went to the right, right initially off the snap, and he ends up like I think taking a sack or you know it might have been a safety. And my thing was like, man, did he get? The, the play mixed up did he read the wrong side of the field, thinking right. that's the right side was the go route, and the deep cross was coming to that side so those are some of the things I pick up as far as like okay, you know is he getting through his reads? is he working on the right side of the field? is he you know being accurate with the football so I think he has a lot a lot of room to to continue to improve. Mm-hmm. I saw some good things, but also man, anytime you're you're giving the ball away, I mean. That's It's not easy to uh, yeah. come back from unless you're Patrick Mahomes.
6: Exactly.
4: Hey, last question, uh, and it's it's the one that's just, I think, so interesting. The Eagles beat the Saints yesterday. Jalen Hurts, 17-30 for 167, one touchdown. Ran the ball 18 times for 106. Uh, but just more than that, the, the Eagles' defense suddenly played hard. This whole team plays harder when anybody is quarterbacking other than, than Carson Wentz. It's it's bizarre but it's, there's something there, bro. There's yeah. something's going on. Well, does that team you know, just hate Carson been, Wentz? I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. He makes too much Jesus, money. But, I'm not going to play hard. I I, I don't I uh, don't know. It's just weird. Well,
13: it you know, it's tough cuz I do like Carson Wentz. I like the competitor that he is. I don't know him personally. I've not been in the locker room, so I don't know. But I'll tell you what, when Jalen Hurts came out, I was a fan. I was out there saying he's one of my top quarterbacks because I'm a big believer in the adversity facing different situations. Jalen Hurst in Alabama, right? He's a starter, gets benched, has to handle it professionally in the right way. Yep. Alabama is like an NFL team, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Then he transfers to Oklahoma. Everyone, like from, from a fan's view, it looks easy. It seems easy. You're with Lincoln Riley. You're running that offense. Oh, Kyler Murray's, you know, a Heisman, oh, Baker Mayfield, oh, it's not that simple. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you know, you're, you're, you're helped because you have good coaching and players around you, but he learned a new offense. He had a lot of success there. He handled it the right way. And then it was watching him at the Senior Bowl, the Combine, and his Pro Day. And each event, I watched him continue to get better. And to me, I put it all together, and I'm like, I love his mentality. He's hardworking. He's athletic. He's not going to throw everything on time and in rhythm, but he can learn that. But yeah. he's the type of guy, this day and age in the NFL, you want out there. Exactly. And, and that's what I loved seeing yesterday. Huge third-down conversions. I mean, the Saints are playing man-to-man. Everyone's run with their back to the quarterback. And he keeps it up the middle, and he's just killing the defense. So, And then there's you know the plays he can learn from, bad, bad timing, uh, on an out route he was late it should have been a pick six you know yeah so those are the things he'll learn in the film room but I think overall man it, it was a good performance and it, you saw the team come together during it
4: he's a winner ain't nothing and that's what, yeah. the, what you just described that whole thing winner dude just yeah knows how to win and lead men and that's uh, that's something I think that is under underestimated and un, uh, under uh scouted these days, you know. He's
13: just, winner, winner, chicken dinner.
4: Absolutely, bro. That's what you are, Bruce Gradkowski. Every week you come on, <laughs> that's, that's what I say. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. We won that segment. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll chat next week. All right, brother. Have go, a good week. Go get that latte. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, another one. All right, partner. All right. The great Bruce Gradkowski right there. Um, that's. Um I mean, is that not bizarre about Jalen Hurts and how that Eagles team just, I mean, they rallied around him. I, that's, that's all I can think of is they—they they freaking hate Carson Wentz. There's something about that dude that just does not sit well with the rest of the players. Because, I mean, I just—you know—maybe it's the money he makes. Maybe uh, who knows? But it's there's something there's something going on there. Well, if then why it takes so dang long to change that quarterback then? Coaches are stubborn, stubborn people, man, and they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be wrong. Once they take a position, they don't want to be wrong. Every well, no, not just coaches. Uh, every we're all that way. Well, maybe, you know, it takes us could. a while for us to admit, admit, you know what? I was wrong. I mean, <laughs> we're all that
5: way, right? Maybe we'll see Wentz go somewhere else. In maybe the maybe I was a
4: little wrong on Jameis Winston. Maybe, maybe he's just never going to get it. I'm still not ready to admit that. Um, he was on his. He was on a great glide towards being a good quarterback until he and Bruce Arians got together, and that was like pouring gas on the fire. <laughs> give a give a guy that's turnover prone the keys to that offense. Yikes! Yeah, and um, yikes. Just so you know,
3: uh, Jameis Winston still leads the league in turnover since twenty eighteen. No, no, he
4: doesn't. No, he doesn't. And uh, somebody who just took over. Um, who was it? Wentz no 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 somebody no. just took the lead i saw this graphic the other day no who is it nobody no it is i'm telling you no hold on i'll i'll it's find that it in the good break. Old,
3: uh, Florida State that's national not true champion you're wrong
4: that's wrong you're wrong you're absolutely 100 wrong i'll find it in the break um all right quick break we'll come back and uh get to some of that college football news that we got to get to and uh there's an update on Keontae Johnson the um Florida football player which is it's and it's good news our basketball player we'll do that when we come back
0: alright that's enough let's get back to the show now more sports with JP
4: alright uh, we have uh, we have an update for you for um, Keontae Johnson, right? I'm saying yes. that correctly, Kante Johnson, the Gators uh, basketball player. What do you got? It's uh, he's been transferred now to UF Shands Hospital. He's in a, a medically induced coma, uh, responding to some commands. Is that what you're hearing? That's
5: what I'm hearing. Okay, that's, that's good. About, that's about that's all that's about all they're releasing right now.
4: Well, good. Um, that that was a scary, scary situation, no doubt about it. Um, it little little bizarre that. Their coach Mike White wanted to continue the game, and his players were visibly upset oh, yeah. as they you should be. Tell. I mean, this just wasn't some guy fainting. This was like not good situation. And yeah. He
5: just like he went completely limp and passed out right there in the middle of the floor. Yeah, just for no reason. One minute he's standing, the next minute he's just flat on his face.
4: Yeah, that's and I don't know if they've said that he's had any history of heart issues. And this, I mean, this does happen from time to time in in all types of athletics where kids have heart issues, and you know they're not really discovered until you know it happens during a game when they get really, really hyped, and you know their heart rate's like through the roof. And he just got done jamming a ball on an alley oop, and um, you know was celebrating with his teammates about about as hard as your and high as your heart rate's gonna be. So, we'll uh, we'll continue to pray for him and and just really hope that that um, he can come back and play and, and it'll be hard too because you know these these hard issues you just never know when they're gonna rear their ugly heads. Unfortunately, if you want to jump in here, we got time for uh, to take some uh, some calls 820 By the way, tomorrow we're gonna have Brad Johnson on the show. His son Max. It's kind of sad that. Lost in that LSU win, if you're an you know, LSU fan, obviously. Everybody's talking about the shoe, which is a huge story. I get it. But it wasn't the reason. The biggest reason that LSU won the game. The biggest reason LSU won the game was because of Max Johnson, Brad's son, who played one hell of a football game. And it was really – I think it was his first start. I know he's played some already this year. As so LSU's kind of gone back and forth the, trying to figure out who their quarterback is. Um but he played some really good football in that game. He was he was escaping. He made big big reads, um, you know. Certainly much more fleet of foot than his daddy, which we'll talk about tomorrow. But he was really really good, and um, you know that was a big moment for LSU. That's been a tough season for them. But um, and I hear real people are talking about Ed O'Drane getting fired this year. How the hell do you fire a coach in in a COVID year? I mean, I mean they fired Gus Malzahn. That's brutal. That's completely brutal. I mean, sometimes much champ. Yeah, I don't get that. I just don't get it. I mean, there's so much crap that's going on this year. And like uh, Kevin Sumlin, I mean, I know he got his ass kicked the other day, and he's been trending down. But I mean, when you have seven, eight, ten players leave your program because your administration said you're not going to play this year, how the hell do you hold that a coach to that? Yeah, that's not your fault. That's not your fault. Well, you can't. I mean, I don't know. That seems really, really dubious. The ghost <laughs> smells on kind of shocked me. Well, also in a, in a year where you know they're telling us every all these programs are losing huge money. I mean, how do you voluntarily pay out twenty one million dollars? And I think that as as Leo said earlier, that they have to do that in the next thirty days. Otherwise, they owe them another ten million. I mean, wow! I mean, that it wasn't that bad. I mean, trust me, I've seen bad football and coaches that need to be fired uh, Auburn at FSU. Auburn wasn't even close to that. No, not even close. I, you know and, and I know that it, when your biggest rivals Alabama, it really feels bad, right? It feels bad, but they've beaten Alabama in the Gus miles on era. Like I said, I think it was three times, uh, two or three times. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. I mean, Harbaugh's keeping his job. He hadn't even sniffed well, he's almost beat Ohio State a couple times, but a couple bad calls away. But still hadn't done it. He still has his job. Uh, you know. And I know Gus wasn't the most um amiable guy with the boosters. And, you know, if you're in the SEC, you gotta do a lot of ass kissing for those people. But it, that that seemed a little surprising to me, to be to be quite honest. Um and we talked a little bit earlier about FSU, uh, Mackenzie Milton, a former UCF quarterback, has decided to, transfer, um, decided to transfer to FSU, which I think is a great thing for the FSU program, whose young quarterbacks just aren't ready yet. Um, they, they need more seasoning. They need more time of practice, which they did not get this year. And you know FSU needs to beef up their offensive line, which they will do. They've got a lot of good young players on that. They're not ready for big time competition yet, but give them another year in the program, they'll be a lot better. And Mackenzie Milton, I think he comes in and he starts day one. And you move Jordan Travis to uh, to a halfback uh, Taysom Hill type um, role, where he can you know he can play come in and play quarterback a, a couple of times and, and let Mackenzie Milton run it. The, the, the rest of the time. I think immediately you have what Miami did with Dere King and what's Miami nine and two this year? that would kill for that. FSU fans would kill for that. When you got an experienced quarterback who knows how to win, which of course McKinsey Milton does and what a great leader he will be with his story of perseverance through that injury. I mean I think that's a that is a home run for FSU. I mean, if I were McKenzie Milton, I might have gone somewhere else, but (laughs) I'm glad he chose FSU. I think it's a home run for for both of them. But speaking of Miami,
5: they definitely got their ass kicked on Saturday. They did. UNC put 500 rushing yards on them. That's embarrassing. 302 from Williams and then 260-some from the other guy.
4: And FSU beat North Carolina with those two guys. I don't know how the hell we did it, but – that was the they one game. Yeah, what's the one game that Marvin Wilson and the whole defensive line came to play this year, and they did, and they kicked ass at least for a half, anyway. Um, yeah, I was surprised by that. Miami got a, that was a freaking beat down on them. But again, you know, it's a weird, weird. It's a weird season, and, and I'm not even sure how many of Miami players because they've had a lot of issues with COVID this year, and you just never know who's going to play and who's not, and what w- which key players uh, in the run game. Had to sit for that game or whatever, but uh, Mac Brown certainly he did not call off the dogs. And when you run into football, it's a little bit different than you know, slinging it all over the yard, you know, to to run up the score. I say Sam Howell's not bad either. No, they he's
5: not. They didn't have to really sling it around.
4: And by the way, when Brady retires after next year, and the Bucks are looking to move on in that class, Sam Howell may be the number one quarterback of that class. So the Bucks may be eyeballing that kid for 2022. Is that the 22 draft? Yeah, yeah. This will be 2021. I mean, they'll have to suck to move up or move up to get him. But um, I'm trying to think of who else will be in that class. It's a little long, but uh, kick it, kick DJ can...
5: Google it. No, I'm just playing. He ain't going to be there yet. <laughs> He's only a freshman.
4: Um, I'm trying to think of other other guys, but uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be one of them. I was gonna ask Radkowski, like who, do you, who does he think the next B- Bucks quarterback is? I mean, that's such a, a crazy long shot. It's hard to look at it, but you got to look at that the class of twenty twenty two. Could be Carson Wentz. I, people, some people have said it, but I mean, I'd I'd be gun shy. I'd be really, really gun shy. I mean, I just I mean that. It.
5: If I was y'all, I wouldn't want to do it.
4: No, he's injury prone. Give me Matthew, uh, Stafford. Matthew Stafford.
5: Yeah, intern Tony yelling
4: from the back. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford.
5: Oh, he's not intern
4: no more. It, my bad. He'll be like 25 years old. Oh, I mean, 35 years old by then, won't he? Um, Matt Stafford it. might be out this weekend, which is which is young for a for a quarterback here, right? With Brady, but you know he's he's been a little injury pr- prone lately as well. So, I think if you're the Bucks, you want to you want to go young and you want a dual threat quarterback. You know, you want a Jalen Hurts, a Kyler Murray. It's the way the league's going. You know. Um, now, obviously, I don't know if Bruce Arians is going to coach that, but uh, I don't think Bruce will be around that, that time anyway. So it might be Coach Bowles and whoever the offensive coordinator is. T- Tony Becker saying Spencer Rattler. Uh, could be. Could be. Um, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I've got to look at the 2022 class, but I don't think it's going to be Josh Rosen. I It'll be Josh Rosen, though. Not gonna be A lot of people are gonna
5: talk bad about Josh Rosen when he hasn't really had a chance to do yeah. anything.
4: Yet. Hey, we haven't played any of the Bruce Arians today. We've been so busy. You want to uh, cue up um, today's Bruce Arians, or do you have last night's? Uh, I didn't see today's Bruce Arians anywhere. I have last night's. Yeah, I'm la- all right, let's let's cue that up and uh, get into some of those. Good to go whenever. Let's do go. You got the you got the button there, brother. Hey, Bruce, I'm I'm not sure that's the it.
9: fast start you were hoping for, but it, it seemed like uh
4: Clearly not.
9: Brady's pass to Scotty Miller really got you going on op Oh
5: uh-huh. yes, is this computer did not like me today. It did get him going. Okay. Give me a moment, sir. It like it wanted to be reloaded.
6: And just missed a couple third downs early, but uh that that was a huge touchdown. Uh I think you're getting a stop. And then uh that that play changed all the momentum on our sideline.
9: Your defense really played good, and then um, it looked like you know. Talk about the decision to, not to play uh, Leonard Burnett and what Shady McCoy was able to give you on that first drive in the second half.
6: Yeah, um, just the decision. I loved Leonard. I think he's got a heck of a kid, great player. Just we wanted to get Shady back involved, and um, you know he's fresh, um, and he showed it today. He really he he made it all pay off for me. You know I, I took the risk. And uh, he made it pay off. He, t- he made the best of his opportunity, but it's nothing against Leonard.
4: Thanks. That's awesome. All right, next up we're going to have Scott Reynolds. Well, I think Fournette has shown us what, hey, he Bruce, is what he is.
9: Uh, you know that you're um, no risk, no biscuit. We certainly saw that right before the half, your decision to call the timeouts, get the ball back, and it paid off for you with that field goal. Can you just talk about the thought process there and then the execution? Uh, really, on behalf of the Vikings that penalty, to get some points for you.
6: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, when they ran the ball, um, I didn't think there was enough time. I thought there was time for us to either try a punt block or try to get a return. We just missed the return, and um, and Tom did a great job of executing, getting us up there for the hail mary, and that's all we were trying to get. It was. You know, try to get to the 36 for a field goal or get a shot to the Hail Mary. Uh, we got the call and, and got to three points. We came right back with a touchdown. So anytime you get that double score, it's huge.
9: And speaking of field goals, uh, certainly Dan Bailey struggled, certainly helped you today. You've been on the opposite side of that last year with, with some inconsistency, a kicker. Can you just talk about Bailey's day versus Ryan Suckup's day today?
6: I can't talk about Dan, but I can sort of talk about Ryan. He had a heck of a day. I, I think it was, he was shocked on the extra point. Uh, that he missed, cause that's never. But he he drilled that. Uh, had no doubt about. It. He made he made that field goal, which was, you know, it made it a two score game. And he's been great for us all year.
4: He paused it there coach. for a sec. You know, part of that question from Scott um, goes back to the Chiefs game where the Bucks had three timeouts at halftime and didn't use any of them uh, on on defense at the in that last possession that could have given the Bucks an, another possession in that and then come out the second half. And that would have been key to the game, really. I mean, that's how you turn momentum around. And, and we were very, you know, of course, it's a different offense with, with Pat Mahomes. I get it. But, you know, they were at midfield with two minutes left and two timeouts. The Chiefs were. They weren't going to run out of time. They were going to run out of downs. And so for the Bucks, it would have behooved them to call to use their timeouts on defense and give, give Brady another shot. And he would have had maybe, you know, 50, maybe even as much as a minute to come back and, and get a field goal in that situation and they didn't do it. So Bruce was more aggressive this time against the Vikings and it paid off for him and hopefully he remains aggressive. All right, next question. All right, we're going to go over to Greg Allman. Bruce,
9: your pass rush seemed to come up at all the right places early on. It it pushed them into a punt from a field goal. And some of those field goal misses today were where your defense backed them up for a longer kick. How important was that?
6: It was huge, you know, and, um, You know, I knew coming out of the open date, tackling was going to be an issue. It is, it is in December anyway, because it's so long since it's just since the last game that you tackle. You just still tackle in practice, and you can't. So I was upset about the tackling in the first quarter, but I really was really happy with the pass rush. Yeah, And, and pushing those kicks back uh, were huge all, the whole game.
9: And, Bruce, given the troubles that you guys have had with turnovers and some of the recent losses, how how big was it to have the the offense go the entire game without any miscues, any turnovers
6: today? Yeah, I think the only thing we had to drive start with a penalty, that was really ticked me off because we only had about 30 seconds off the clock because of that penalty. But, uh, yeah, I think our team is, especially offensively, is is really, they're in sync. They know what we're trying to get done, and uh, Tom did a great job protecting the ball and, and making big plays.
8: Thanks, Bruce.
10: You bet. All right, we're going to go over to Junalene.
7: Hey, Coach, uh, I know that that Tom's throwing it to whoever's open, but I know Scotty Miller had been targeted like twice in the last three weeks. Uh, how much of a priority was it to get him involved today and to get him involved on some of those deep passes?
6: No, none, none really. He's just he's the, he's the deep guy on that pattern. Mm-hmm. Tom read it out and he hit him, but it was not designed to go to Scotty. It was designed to go somebody else.
7: And and. Coming off of, of not just the bye week but, but having two losses before that, right? Like you can't get that bad taste out of your mouth and play the next week because you got the bye. How big was it for you guys to be able to come out of this with a W and, and head in the right direction?
6: Oh, it was huge. I mean, we had to do this, it was a big game for us. Uh, guys did their job, they rested, they took care of the virus. We came back clean, healthy, and, uh, you know, and, and it showed up today. We were a very fresh team, I thought, in the fourth quarter.
4: That's uh, Bruce Arians from last night. Um, today's media availability. We'll get to some of that uh, tomorrow. Um, some interesting stuff. Um, I think questions and answers from that as well. Look, bottom line for me on this Bucks win, I'm glad they got it. It was a big win. Any win in the NFL is a good win. Um, but coming off the bye, and I think we played that for you earlier today. You, I, th- I think I put that up on Twitter from, from GetUp. Um, You know, this morning, Dan Orlovsky, Rex Ryan, uh, R.C., Ryan Clark, to to a man, they were like, you know, this was not an impressive win by the Buccaneers in any stretch. Um, The Vikings self-destructed for the most part. uh, And the Bucs just have to be better. If they're going to do what I think they're capable of doing, which is a deep playoff run— they got to be better offensively, and you know, sticking with this AB thing, I think is is tired. Um, you know, right now, who your best players are. Ronald uh, Rojo is better than Fournette. You got that part down. You sat Fournette, good, and and Scotty Miller is better than AB. I know it's crazy for people to think that, but this is not the AB of old. It's five games in. He's done nothing special except get a lot of targets and do very little with them. Um, It's time to put Scotty back in and let him eat and let this get this offense back to where it used to be. And I think part of that's on Brady. I mean, Brady was clearly the reason that he came in here. He's trying to to make it look like it was a good move with A.B. And he needs to accept the fact that it's not what's best for the offense. Um, And he should know that better than anybody. But ego's a crazy thing. All right, our thanks to all our guests today. Bruce Gradkowski, uh, Shane Stafford, Anthony Beck, Leo Haggerty.